How are my levels? Pretty good. Happy Liberty Day, everybody. Uh, oh, thanks wait. for tuning in on this. The, are are the, we doing this on Liberty Day? It is. It is actually. This will be. Well, okay, we're recording it before. But it will be released <laughs> on Liberty Day. Happy Liberty Day to Whoop. all listening. Yup. It's a real thing. It's, it's not made up. It's definitely not made up. No, because it's real. That's how you know. Only true Philadelphians would know it was real. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a BuzzFeed article one time. It was one thing's all real Philadelphians know when it was just Liberty Day. true none of this is true hi <laughs> hello. hello excellent humans welcome to another episode of hate watch great watch i'm your host hunter bush here with allison Yapoulos. and our guest today gabby just gabby like just Cher. gabby like share and madonna yeah mononyms yeah we're here to talk about a love story between jack and sally yeah and when jack went into the woods he saw something he had no right to see that's right it's no did you think i was gonna say a nightmare before christmas that's wrong it's blowout a different holiday classic it is a different holiday and a different classic but it's still jack and sally actually yeah you're absolutely right yeah i made, I made that meme of uh broke jack and sally and his nightmare for christmas and woke jack and sally and it's this i had not noticed that until just now <laughs> it was good you ever talking about blowout from 1981 one. one okay directed by brian de palma starring john tra volta yeah are you doing that thing that i do when i shorten things <laughs> no, no, I've heard people refer to him as John Tra. Ew. Ew. No, that one's not good. To be fair, I don't think they did it earnestly. I think it was done like, isn't this a dumb thing to say, but it's oh, fun. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. John Travolta, Nancy Allen, John Lithgow. Yeah. And a special appearance by Dennis Franz and his inscrutable accent. Yeah, man. <laughs> I forgot he was in this. Yeah, uh, mm. we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. So, um. It, it takes a minute for him to even show up. So this is uh this is a very good uh, July movie, uh, Philadelphia July movie because, okay, it's not set around the Fourth of July, but there are fireworks. Have we done anything this Philly before on the podcast? No, this is this, this is, is true Philly. Yeah, by far the Philliest. <laughs> it is actually shot in Philadelphia. Oh, absolutely. It is full of Philadelphia, like real locations. Not like, you know, they, they film stuff for movies and they just sort of go to the big tourist stops and the stuff everybody knows and then they just can film it in Toronto or whatever. But this was like legit full of real Philadelphia locations and all the details are right and I wasn't even born for another like two years. But I remember some of this stuff. Some of it was still around. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. I mean, for a long time, but... They have him... They him have, who? They have Who's him? Jack, John Travolta, living above that fire station. Yeah. And that's the one that's right by Washington Square, right? Oh, maybe. Yeah, or... Might be. I think, I think that's what it is. Yeah, it's I saw like... the sign for a scene at one point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we're by Sally's place. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I don't know if a scene has moved since the 80s or if it was always where it is now, but that would mean... I think it was at its current location in the 80s, yeah. 
Do you have any basis for this besides guessing? Uh, I had read an article about South Street recently that was oh, talking okay. about historically when certain fixtures appeared, and I think it was like late 70s, early 80s that a scene was established. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that would That's mean that dope. Sally lives like just south of South Street. Yes. Yeah. It's really interesting because yeah. while I was watching it, I noticed that the like essence kind of held a little bit of south street still and i was like i wonder if this is close by to like where we're at because it seemed oh, yeah. very bunch very of peak south yeah. street bunch of stuff's around like fabric row and yep. everything yeah well i didn't move to philly until quite recently like two or three years ago okay. so like i'm still getting familiar with the area and like i was down to south street maybe three times before i started working down here so it was interesting for me to even be able to tell and i haven't been there that long i was like yeah they did they did right by this movie it has an energy yeah i was like "Mm, the energy's still there yeah there's a lot of like center city and like west of broad street writing terminal markets there 30th street station yeah 30th street has changed quite a bit but to watch it historically i'm like this was accurate extremely accurate like all the signs in the background still market frankfurt line they didn't try to change anything yeah no that stuff's all the same oh yeah yep that trolley thing that they're on doesn't exist though that route not new, not the the, oh, not. the express to the Ben Franklin Bridge or whatever the heck they get on. Yeah, it was oh, really yeah. a funky yeah. car. Yeah, well, okay. that's it's it's a trolley. Maybe it was a holiday special for Liberty Day. Yeah, so usually we let the guest pick their movie for their first episode, and we kind of did that this time. Kind of. You, I guess, just got into a conversation uh, with Allison, and oh, she yeah. brought this up, and yep, yep. We were like, oh yeah, can I borrow it? And I was like, yeah, you can borrow it, or you can come on the podcast and talk about it. I was in the process of picking movies. They said that they would want a monster movie. We ended up with Blow Up. Yeah. So <laughs> the monster is John Lithgow. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm I'm actually kind of happy with this choice. I feel like it was something I hadn't seen before and never heard of. Um, I've heard of Travolta and Saturday Night Fever was kind of sure. like, you know, a big thing. And never watched Saturday Night Fever. Have you actually seen it, or do you just know of it? Culturally? No. You know, it's funny. I've never seen it. Yeah, I hadn't seen it until a couple years ago. I was like, oh, I get it. Like, guy dances all sexy and it's disco and I get it. Uh, And then I watched it and I was like, this movie's fucking dark. It's deeper than that? Yeah, there's like a a couple of rapes and like a fake suicide. Jesus, what? movie is surprisingly dark. Watched it on Thanksgiving. (laughs) Wow. So I guess I'll do a quick synopsis of this film is that uh, John Travolta plays Jack, who's a sound man, working on a, a succession of dumb slashery you know, movies. B-movie horror yeah, B-movies. films. And he goes out to record new wild sound one night. Um, where is he? Was Hicken. Was Hicken? Yeah. Is that the name of the bridge? I don't know what that specific bridge is. It's the big iron bridge in Wissahickon Park. Like. Yeah, I, I, can't yeah remember, I, don't... I can't remember what the name of it was. So um, he goes up to, yeah, the, the bridge in Wissahickon. Uh, there's a great, because I, I was like, oh, there's like a Wissahickon walk sign. Yeah. A uh, crosswalk sign that lights up. Yeah, I wasn't entirely sure if that was real or not. Yeah, I was like, I was like, don't know. Don't know if that's there. Don't know. That could be there today. That could not be real. <laughs> not sure. I feel like but, maybe uh, it was very much a thing of the 80s. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. It might just have been part of the infrastructure that's gone now. Um, and he incidentally records a car accident. He's got... It turns out it was no accident. Yeah, what did we decide? It's not eagle-eyed. It's for hearing it's bat-eared, right? Oh, I cut that out. Oh, did you? Yeah. yeah I think we talk about it on a... We, we talk about our listeners, and Allison made some reference to, like, eagle our eagle-eared viewers, and I was just like, what? eagles are not known for their hearing. They're known for their eyesight. That's why it's eagle-eyed. And you were like, I guess bat-eared? <laughs> yeah. Bat-eared viewers? So, um, since he... Jack, like, literally is bat-eared. Um... Oh. 
he notices that it's not just the sound of a blowout that he recorded. It's uh, there's like a, an explosion, some other sound right before it. And he investigates and finds out that turns that, out yeah, that, that someone a, did it. Yeah, that was a gunshot blowing out the tire, um, causing the accident, which took the life of a guy that turns out to be pretty important and ends up throwing Jack into the middle of a conspiracy that he is woefully unprepared for. Actually, I think he does fairly well. He does, but it's all like it's all luck. It's luck and paranoia. Yeah. Yeah, I think paranoia completely keeps him alive in this entire film. Yeah, like, well, I feel like later in the film, though, it's kind of explained because he's like, oh, yeah, yeah I used to do this wiretapping for uh, to find corrupt police officers. And it's like, oh, okay, so maybe you're not as crazy as you seem. Like, you're, yeah. like, a little more prepared. Yeah. I was like, you're very yeah. skilled to be just a sound he's got, man. He's got a mild espionage background. Yeah. 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 Uh, his backstory that he gives to Nancy Allen is that he was military, but he was just a communications officer and never left New Jersey. So, you know, he didn't have, Same. like, uh, field training. Or then he worked with the police, and she's like, oh, you're a cop? And he says, no, I work for the Keene Commission, which was, like, a crackdown on corrupt cops. And then he tells his, like, tragic backstory, which is that... He wired an undercover guy up. The guy was really nervous in this very tense situation, started sweating, and the battery started arcing and burning him. So he, like, you know, was like, oh, yeah, pull, pull the car over. I, I go take a piss. And, you know, one of the guys was a little suspicious, followed him into the bathroom, saw that he was wired, and killed him. And so now Jack carries that guilt around with him all the time. Let's talk about how strong that wire was, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's some serious shit. I was like, all right, De Palma. Maybe uh, the wire they used to wire somebody, maybe that could hold a human body up by its neck. But, maybe. But also, it's just poetic. Yeah, oh, certainly. It is. It's, it's being hoisted on his own petard. It yes. made for an amazing scene. Yeah. Like It's a, it's a really good backstory. Well, yeah. and he'll it's really well shot. Uh, De Palma will regularly stretch things for artistic license. Yeah. De Palma, for anybody that does, I don't know if you're familiar, he did Carrie, he yeah. did The First Mission Impossible, The Untouchables, he did three movies with Nancy Allen, who's in this, so he did Blowout, yeah. she was also in Carrie, and yep. in between, I believe, she was in Dress to Kill. Mm -hmm. They were also married briefly. Yeah, they are married from 79 to 84. Interesting. But yeah, De Palma has this real B-movie P.T. Barnum sensibility to him. Of oh, like, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Oh, this will make a really fantastic hook for this, you know, kind of trashy B-movie. And, like, I love that stuff. I love better than, like, a serious prestige film or whatever. I like a really good, well-made, trashy thriller. And his art. I kind of liked it. It was like a modern noir. Yeah. And I was like, this is different. I... Like I told you, I have trouble sitting through films now. I kind of get up and, like, disappear. Kept my interest the entire time. It was, like, definitely the the way that it was filmed. Like, it made it so... It kept my eye at every scene. Like, I was like, oh, why is this, like, screen split like this? Oh, I completely understand. Like, and it yeah. was like, yeah. oh, everything tied together. Like, everything that I wrote down eventually was like, this was explained so thoroughly and so well done. Ooh, yeah. right on. Okay. Yeah. So, like, you mentioned split screening and stuff, which is, it's very classic De Palma if you watch any of his other movies where he kind of gets to do what he wants. Yeah, not yeah. only That'll is be it... all over the place. Not only is it a trademark of his, but he's really good at it. Yes. Yes. A lot of people do it, but not as well, and he usually does it really, really well. No, it was, yeah. like, extremely good. That's what made it stand out to me so significantly, because I've seen it in other films, but he definitely does it the best. Yeah, I love yeah. that stuff. 
you're giving people two inputs when they're used to one so you need to make it engaging but then also you need to make it very clear about like what should hold your attention yeah. and how these things relate it, to one another right yeah right and he's done this is a, a fairly simple one all things considered like he's yeah. done other ones that are a lot more complicated or go like, on for longer well yeah. as i say in this it's a couple of instances of like short ones where it's basically like one shot for a minute like um yeah of course and it's very obvious at which one you should be focusing on right. other yeah, everything is balanced well so you're mm-hmm. like oh okay he's picking up an ice pick in this shot and we see her like walking further down the aisle here but he's done other ones where it's like two parallel you know things happening at the same time that mm-hmm. then like dovetail at the end of like a f- three or four minute shot it's always impressive but mm-hmm. um that and he does a lot of stuff where he, he, the camera is focusing on two different field depths yeah which now that i had mentioned that he was like a big hitchcock uh yeah yeah you had, we had spoke about that or oh know, yeah absolutely he's a super fan yeah well, he's modeled and, his entire like film career yeah. after hitchcock's aesthetics like yeah and i don't even think that's like a dig i think that's just like oh yeah, yeah. no he'd no, probably yeah, agree with you yeah and if you're gonna is... if you're gonna steal steal from the best like. mm-hmm. well and he manages to make it uniquely his but also you can definitely see the hitchcock influences in a lot of his work yeah hitchcock's, yeah i'm like hitchcock's filmography i mean like he's great and like almost nobody composes images like that but it's really sterile yeah well that's also De Palma's really not afraid of using color and you know especially this was very for a lot of it being shot at night and like whatever it was really colorful oh yeah it really was good color in this yeah that's why I was like it's not completely noir it's very modern for what it was but like it had that feel but yeah it was extremely colorful and I'm dying eye grasping how much of it was like because I have no idea when or where it was filmed. It had to be filmed in the autumn because it's cold mm-hmm. the whole time. Everybody's wearing fur coats and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is why I think Liberty Day is a thing. I think it was probably maybe written or conceived around the 4th of July. And then, like, the only window in which everything lined up, your cast and your crew that you mm-hmm. wanted to work with and your locations, was probably in the off-season. So they're like, yeah. okay, fucking, let's just make up a thing that would, like, allow us to have fireworks and whatever, so then they say it's 100 years since the last time the Liberty Bell was rung, which is like, sure, okay. Because we were definitely paying attention, I guess. To that. That's real important. Yeah. (laughs) It's apparently in the autumn at some point, because it's definitely fall when he's up in uh, Wissahickon. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, Also, is this a one-time event? Because it only celebrates 100 years. It's got to be at the centennial, I guess. Like, so is somebody going to ring it again, and it's just never going to happen? So they were... Like, some of the dialogue was really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Fun. No. Sexy. No. When Haunting. They, when they were talk- Surprising. When they were talking about Liberty Day, Cake like, filled. it was a little ambiguous as to whether or not this was, like, a yearly thing, but yeah, that yeah. this one was extra mm-hmm. special because it was a hundred. Right. Yeah. You know, in whatever universe this takes place in where Liberty Day happened, uh, maybe it's every year. Yeah. But this was just, happened to be the centennial for, you know, spectacle. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like I said, it's it's a 4th of July movie that I think, for whatever reason, just happened not to be filmed around 4th of July, and they couldn't hide it. Yeah. It snows in a scene. Yeah. Yeah, I I have some... Thoughts? Issues. Yeah, I don't think he even needed to do that, but whatever. No, I think no. it's too fine a button. It feels like if it was filmed later. It really does, because I think it could have gotten away with maybe, like, September, November well, area. Well, if you just went from the fireworks scene... Mm-hmm. To him in the recording studio at the end, laying the scream in uh, on Coed Frenzy, I think that works and everybody would get it. But I feel like him mourning in the winter along the Schuylkill is like 
very dramatic. Yeah, I guess. It's, it's just a little to let it like trying set, to settle in on point. the audience. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, do you disagree? No, you I, I, I mean that's probably why that's there. I just yeah, I don't think you need it. No, that's what I'm saying. I don't think I think it would work without it. Yeah, completely. And it feels like yeah, it feels like it was filmed much later. Yeah, because the weather is drastically different. Exactly. Okay, so what are your notes? What do you want to talk about first? Oh lord! All right, let me go through my list. I like, you know, we open with a fake movie within yeah. a movie, which I, I always enjoy. Some people find it cheap, and it depends on what the effect is. And I think yeah. this is very fun. I enjoyed it because at first I had not seen the film. Right. So I was like, okay, so this is what's happening. This is how it's going. And I was like, oh, this is about to be really cheesy, to be honest. Right. I was like, oh, I'm thinking this is going to be a really trash movie. And then it pans out to the actual movie. And I'm like, oh, good. Like, yeah, it's, it is. It's really trash. Because I was like, my notes are mainly, the first ones are on how trash the beginning is. The killer is like, the killer is like. <sighs> yeah, man. Yeah, it was like too heavy breathing. Like, yeah, literally. it's like obnoxious. Um, He's like stalking a sorority house. Yep. Uh, everybody in there is like banging or disco dancing or like masturbating and he's or... like standing directly in the thing oh, and they're yeah, disco standing... dancing at the window and yeah. nobody notices you know it's him. just like because he's the killer nope nobody knows he's there they're just too involved killer, with being in college you see the killer and he looks like like a serial killer version of it's pat from saturday night live oh my yeah. god <laughs> uh i i said stephen king he oh, did I yeah see that. yeah Serial killer Stephen King. Yeah. I very yeah. much saw that. Yeah. yeah, apparently it's actually it's the guy that did that whole sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the the I I director of photography. I, or? Yeah, I didn't write his name. They got a, a separate guy in to do Coed Frenzy, and uh, that's him. Oh, like a different director and, is working on it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, they had somebody else come in and shoot that. Allison, do you have the guy's name that directed the Coed Frenzy opening? I do. She does. Um, it was shot by Garrett Brown on his invention, the study cam. Oh shit! Ah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I don't know why that didn't stick in my brain more. And That's awesome. And apparently, he was like real fast, so it was hard for the crew to keep up with him. <laughs> this thing. That's awesome. I and, didn't know that. That's great. Yeah. So he did that all in the first person using a study cam, and then he's the one holding the knife in the mirror in the because mirror. that's the only way they could get the shot to work. That's great. Yeah. Oh, that's really cool. I know Street Trash, the guy the guy that directed uh, Street Trash, yeah. went on to be like one of the premier Steadicam operators in Hollywood because he was one of the only ones who had any experience with it. Yeah. And um, when they were trying to figure out who was going to do Street Trash, he pitched like all these sweeping shots, which they're, it's in there. Certainly. And he just, he was like, oh yeah, I'm just making this weird poison melts uh, homeless people yeah. trash movie so that I can practice using the Steadicam because like it's new technology and if I get good at it then I can make a career out of it and it worked. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, like, Street Trash is a crazy fucking I like B movie yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. There's like hooch going around like a ghetto neighborhood that when you drink it you kind of melt like yeah. a candle. Okie dokie. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so this uh, is interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's real like trauma esque. Yeah, or, like other what the, like trash horror houses. I forget what yeah. the, the, the you know justification is. It's called Viper. I was gonna say it's like snake juice or something, but yeah, <laughs> snake juice. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, it's snake juice. But for whatever reason, yeah, when they drink it, they just start to melt and shake. But like, it's gross. But it's like cartoon sloppy gross like yeah oh, okay yeah so they like, melt they're like purple and yeah. fuchsia and like blue and yeah green, it's like... not like really gory or anything no no, no it's... i mean it is but it's but... 
it's it's that kind of like over the top gore that's oh here to so look like at. And it's yeah colorful completely. and weird and yeah. like yeah it's not super biological right oh yeah that sounds it's, like the right type like of fucking, gore yeah, yeah it's fun yeah it's like a, a teenage kind of. ninja turtle like melting thing you know oh yeah yeah like yeah it's really thing. extra and just yeah. super almost claymation looking yeah it's just yeah. real goofy uh so yeah the yeah, we pull back into the real, actual movie where John Travolta and the director of this movie they're working on, Coed Frenzy, um, are unimpressed with the lead starlet's scream. Mm-hmm. Because she, she... Yeah, she's what, gonna get stabbed in the shower, and yeah. her scream is like... Ah! She sounded like she was singing very off-key. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It was... And, and they're just like, like they're this is terrible. Yeah, he's like, where'd you get this from? And he's like, that's that's her. That's the girl you yeah, hired. Yeah, it's her scream. He's yeah. like, I didn't hire her for her scream. I hired her for her tits. And he's yeah. like, well, then what do you care about her scream for? Everybody's going to be looking at her tits. They're not looking at her scream. Yeah. But meanwhile, ooh, are they looking at the scream? So they mute everything. Oh, yeah. The, when, when they just play just the scream, it's worse. Yeah. Yeah, there is so much screaming throughout this movie that's just hilarious. Like... You laugh at each one until the last one. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. completely. Yeah, awful. like they keep cutting back to this, you know, thread of like, you know, hey Jack, you're still working on this, right? Like you're still trying to find us a good scream, and every time it's funny, it works as like a nice, you know, mood uh, alleviator. It's you know, yeah, oh, tension a little bit. Yeah. But they say they worked on bloodbath one, bloodbath, bloodbath two, two, bad, bad day, day at blood, blood beach, beach. <laughs> <laughs> and finally bordello of blood, which. And- Ended up being a real movie. Yes. Uh, one of the Tales from the Crypt movies is called Bordello of Blood. Yes, yeah, it is. wasn't that 96? I think I, I saw in trivia things. I don't remember, but okay. that sounds right. Yeah, definitely yeah. 90s. Yeah. Did we? What did we watch? Oh, We watched Demon we watch? Knight. Yes, we did. We watched Demon Knight, which is the other one. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so they're like, oh yeah, five films in two years. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I was like, yeah. damn, that's awesome. Yeah, well, yeah like what day an... and age are they pumping out this fast? Oh, but yeah. I, it's trash the, horror. Yeah, it's trash horror films. They used to like do that all the time in the 80s. That's why horror got such a bad rap. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when a million slashers were coming out, everybody thought, oh, I know the formula for a good slasher horror movie that'll make money, which is teens, tits, stabbing them, blood on the screen, and that's it. It's like, yeah, that'll work, and that'll appeal to some people, but, like, having anything else that's interesting in it will make it something that lasts. But the idea of a movie like that lasting, having any sort of, like, shelf life was new, because, like... Extremely, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't until the mid-80s that VCRs became a thing to even consider, and the home video market became, like, a factor. So it used to be about butts and seats at uh, drive-ins and movie theaters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. With uh, Herschel Gordon Lewis, he did uh, like Blood Feast and all the all basically all those movies that like Bad Day at Blood Beach and all that like yeah. are ripped like the titles. <laughs> he would have made those movies yeah. mm-hmm. because he knew like oh if I call it Blood something and there's blood in the trailer and there's blood on girls and there's half naked girls, people will go to a drive-in to see it. Which was his follow-up to the first half of his career was the same thing but just tits and softcore porn. Yeah. Is when the ratings board started like sure. actually rating them, and people oh, yeah. would not go to see X-rated things. So he's like, "Well, I'm not making as much money per you know film I make now. So what'll get him in seats now? Oh, it's blood." And he just started make- like Blood Feast is really, really great and cheesy and like really fun, but it's mm-hmm. like barely a movie. <laughs> it's barely <laughs> a concept. It's like a dude who's a caterer by day and at night worships like an Egyptian death goddess. So he's killing killing girls to harvest their organs. To make a feast to invite the death goddess? 
That's it's, interesting. It's it's like cool, sure, I guess. <laughs> but like there's no budget, like it's great. I feel like everything kind of went for a horror film at one point. Like yeah. and you know, there's still low budget horror today, but oh, sure. like in the 80s it was, you know, I remember watching this movie as a kid that was some type of like scarecrow movie. Cool, right? Um love, love Yeah, it was hilarious. I think it was called Scarecrow Gone Wild. <laughs> like, oh my god! So serious. We rented it from Hollywood Video one time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Scarecrow Gone Wild. Yeah, it's just like that annoying dude in like a cornfield. He's like, "Hey, Scarecrow, Scarecrow, show your tits. Scarecrow, you want a t-shirt? Show your tits." The only like exclusively scary Scarecrow movie I've seen is Pumpkinhead, and I was like, "Oh my god!" If you're talking about Pumpkinhead, I'm gonna actually have some feelings. Oh yeah, Pumpkinhead. Uh, yeah, I guess Pumpkinhead is a Scarecrow movie. He's kind of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Blowout is not actually a horror movie, although De Palma kind of. It's a thriller, and yeah. it's a you know noir. Yeah, he he tends to kind of do. I mean, if left to his own devices, he'll do like thriller yeah. into like light horror kind. Yeah, of. this one is not definitely not a horror movie. Um, you can tell because there's not nearly enough John Lithgow in it. Yeah, no. <laughs> and like, I'm not saying that's not a oh criticism. It's the movie's not built around him, but I think his character is <laughs> fascinating for what we do get. I fucking oh, love completely. John Lithgow as a villain. Well, and also, I love John anything. Lithgow in anything. Yeah. Yeah, I love him in anything, but Remember also. Do those progresso soup ads? No. I yeah. do. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, the progresso soup. Like yeah. it's just, just John Lithgow fucking chewing scenery in a soup commercial. Are you kidding me? No, I don't. Oh think yes, seen these. it's excellent. Yes, you should a watch of them. Progresso soup, or I'll kill you. <laughs> God. It's not real. He didn't say that. Yeah, but. <laughs> Well, no, because, like, with the whole Shrek thing and stuff, and, like, he voiced Lord Farquaad, I'm like, that is the best call you could have fucking made, Dude. guys. Yeah. No, he's great. He's got an amazing voice. Oh, he's got he a great does. stage presence. He's extremely funny. He yes. does. Um, yeah. But, yeah, and, and... He makes for a convincing killer. Oh, yeah. totally. He, Completely. He's, like... He's so dead-eyed the I whole know. time. I know. Have you guys... He looks like a hardcore sociopath, like, yeah. the oh, entirety of this movie. I know. Completely. Have and you guys Burke, seen... Um, his name is Burke. Dexter? Yeah. Yeah, it was like him as the Trinity Killer was very believable. Yeah. Oh, that's right. He was in Dexter. Yes. Was he, wait, wasn't he Dexter's dad? No, No. he was the Trinity Killer. Who's Dexter's dad? Uh, no, I don't remember. Doesn't Um, matter. Doesn't matter. I I only saw like two seasons of Dexter. So like. His uh, name was Henry. Oh, he's later in the show. You don't know. Well, because, yeah, it's, it's, it's Dexter's adopted dad. Yeah. I don't think you ever get his real dad. Yeah, well, that's what I thought. I don't, his I brother thought, shows up and is a killer is. in one oh, of Oh, maybe that's what I'm things. thinking of. I thought that we John just, oh, was his f- real dad. No. Oh, okay. No. No. All right. I don't care. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, Lithgow makes a really good villain almost all the time. I, I can't think of, of anything where he's not good as the villain. I mean, like, Also, yeah. he's like six foot four or whatever. Like, he's, oh, he's nice and sh- tall and imposing. and like tall. Yeah. That's what, yes. like, uh, when he goes to kill that prostitute in the bathroom stall at um, Reading Terminal, or at no, the 30th Street Station, uh, and he's, like, peeking over the, like, top of the stall, I was like, he's just not even standing He's just there. such a creep. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. He's just standing in the stall like normal. <laughs> god. But, so, John Travolta goes out to record this wild sound, because yeah. the director's not... The director doesn't like the scream, and then he's like, and also the other shit you're doing. It's yeah. the same shit. You're using yeah. the same sounds. He's and like, he's what like, do you want I me? want new wind yeah. and a new scream. And he's like, all right. So he goes out to get the wind, and it's a great sequence. Yeah, um, so he's out in Wissahickon. Yeah, it's a it's a great sequence because it's just him standing on a bridge, like pointing this directional pencil mic, uh, and the wind is really is mixed really loud, and you know. 
through the trees and through the leaves and whatever and then you hear like croaking oh first he oh. points it at a couple and he's like perving on them making out like on the on the on the shore and he, dude's like, like she's super like, overly dramatic yeah, well dude's like, like what a great night for a yeah. what a great night for a romantic walk or whatever and she's like, um, there's a creep over there on that bridge, and he's staring directly at us. And he's yeah. like, guy's like, I don't care who cares. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, give me a handy. And she's very yeah, much like, well, <laughs> and he's like following them with the pencil mic, and she's like, he's still staring yeah, at us. Yeah, he is not at all being subtle. Yeah, like, not at all. He's like yeah. 70 yards away, and you can still see he is clearly <laughs> just like watching them. They're pointing some yeah. kind of device at them. Yeah, she's like, peeping Tom, and I'm like, it's a listening jack, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the phrase right there. Yep. I had a lot of questions, actually, on the sound equipment. Oh, on the equipment? Maybe I can answer these. I, I was know. like, I don't know if you guys know this, but, like, I'm just very interested in it. I was like, okay, so how far does this hear? Like, how... Oh, the directional mic that he's using? Yeah. I was like, it's quite interesting. Yeah, those are, uh, you know, pretty sensitive. Also, like, how far have we come now? Like, look at this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, like, I'm sure it's they're even better. absolutely amazing. Um, I recorded, when I was in the band, I recorded a demo, and we mic'd the drums with two uh, microphones that look pretty much like the one he is using. Yeah. And they just, like, you know, snapped into a, a mic stand, and that was, that and one in front of the kick drum was all we used to mic the whole drum set. Uh, after he pervs out that couple, <laughs> which always is always funny, and I always kind of wish it went further. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just he's such yeah. a creep. It was I... funny to watch it replay, to be honest. Yeah, well, yeah, they, they go through the whole on. sequence yeah. again. Uh, but yeah, but yeah then it's the hate. croaking, which is yeah. a frog. And, and every time you you're not exactly sure what you're hearing at first, right? Mm-hmm. Until like it... you hear this like clicking sort of noise, like and you're just like, what is that? And then like the camera will jump back, you know several feet like from a zoom and you'll hear it again and it jumps back further and then like the last time it jumps back you can see like in the forefront you know the foreground is a frog sitting on the edge of the frame and you're like oh okay it's a frog croaking got it yeah and then it happens again and it's this weird like clicking sort of buzz noise and it does it like pulls back pulls back pulls back and it's the the wissahickon walk sign although i feel like within the sequence we get the sound of john lithgow's like watch Oh, yeah? Because when yeah. that happens later at 30th Street Station, I'm like, I know that sound. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I think that's during the Wissahickon walk sound, yeah. uh, sign thing. Okay. You know so what's funny So maybe is? he was, like, behind it or something or yeah. in the vicinity of that. But, yeah, you, you, you hear that in... Yeah, John Lithgow has one of those fucking, like... Spy J- watch. James Bond spy master watches oh, where you can pull the yeah. face ring off and it has Turns drop out. wire in it. Uh-huh. And you can fucking choke people, which, spoilers, for... he definitely does. A lot. Murdering. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, sir, are you the one that inquired about the murder watch? Yes! Yes, I am! <laughs> That's my impression of John Lithgow. I don't even do a good John Lithgow, but it's whatever you're going to say, but louder. Yeah. And with a big smile on your face. That's every... <laughs> Dude... And he definitely, Hello, French Stewart! Like, it's just that. Like He definitely had to go into a store for that, too, because Amazon was not a thing in the 80s. Yeah, no. No, he got on the black market. Let's talk a little bit about John Lithgow. As you'll come to find out, like, he is responsible for this car accident that's about to happen, and to cover it up, he's, you know, wiping out all the evidence and whatever, and including staging a series of what he refers to as sex murders. Oh, they also <laughs> call that on the news, though. Yeah, I know, but, yeah. like, yeah, they do. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a terminology that I, we've abandoned since then, so it's funny to me. Yeah. It's, no, it sounds bizarre. Insane. Yeah. 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 Sex murders sounds like you kill them with sex, which is, I think... 
rad. <laughs> so they dub the, the 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 news, you know, the local news dub uh, these killings the work of the Liberty Bell Strangler. Right on. That's cool. I love Philly centric things because we're a you know city that doesn't get the attention that a lot of other cities maybe do. So at the you know near the end, you actually see an on-screen graphic for the Liberty Bell Strangler, which I loved, which had like <laughs> had like the outline of the Liberty Bell in what I believe was supposed to be stab holes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> with like with a like a uh, pair of no. hands like choking an invisible neck with like cord. No, Hunter, with stars around the outside. Their, their speed holes. <laughs> yeah, they make the dead body go faster. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, so since all this is happening around Liberty Day, he is stabbing, apparently stabbing the bodies in the shape of a Liberty Bell, like stabbing yeah. Which is well, my favorite thing. There so are so many stabs you, dead. You see, him, <laughs> you see him with the first girl yeah. um, in the big hole by the writing terminal market. And, it's like, a construction pit. Yeah. Excavated yeah. into the ground. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and he looks up at the Liberty yeah, Day, yeah. you know, festival that's his motivation. thing and he goes like, Aha! And yeah. then he just starts fucking stabbing her with an ice pick. Yeah. And you don't see him make these, like, designs on the corpses. And that's why it's not a horror movie. If it was a horror movie, this would be your focus. Yeah, certainly. Mm-hmm. But it's a crime movie, so your focus is John Tra Volta. The Mars Travolta. Any really musically talented listeners want to start a John Travolta Mars Volta cover band? It was like nine minutes long and is fucking incredible. It's about like big, stupid dreadlock aliens on stilts. <laughs> now that's all I want in life. Jesus. I'm a simple man. The titular blowout happens up on Wissahickon. He hears screeching tires and sort of points his directional mic that way and then here's the blowout what's interesting is i've seen this now three times like in pretty recent you know memory Mm, sure and i think the first couple times you hear it there's not as much of a distinction between the gunshot and the, the blowout i think it's like we kind of adopt his you know, as he is, like, listening back to it and replaying it and replaying it and separating that there's definitely two sounds there, mm-hmm. I think we adopt it. Because after that, it's a lot easier to hear clearly that there's bang, bang, two separate things. Yeah, I believe the first time your your mind's not fixed on that at all. Yeah, I don't know if that's true. It might not be. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Because on the one hand, Expand like, on that. I guess it depends on whether or not we're taking an impartial view or if we're taking a first-person view. If we're taking a first-person view, then yeah, absolutely well, stretch things I don't, uh, to show perspective. I don't think it's a full first-person view. I think it's to help drive home that he knows what he's talking about. Sure, okay. That he's, you know, a skilled audio technician. Right. As he is more sure that it's definitely there, we are more sure that it's definitely there. That's exactly how I felt watching it. Yeah. I was very much, you know, trying to hear the sound that he was hearing. Yeah. And like, as he was watching it, continued to hear it more and more. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, you, like, I did feel like, like, he knows what he's doing. This is his job. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I felt but, so confident about it. Yeah. By the end, I was like, yeah, yeah, there was definitely a gunshot. But then, you know, then you later in the movie get things. Yeah, they reinforce it. Yeah, know. and I was like, it's By pieced the time together. He but plays it for Nancy Allen. It almost sounds like it's two separate, completely separate noises. Oh, bang, yeah. bang. Like, completely. it's two separate things. Whereas, yeah, the first, I'm pretty sure the first time you hear it, it's just like. Well, um, I mean, also, we're given, you know, access to, like, shit John Lithgow's doing and stuff. So at various course, points, you know, we like, a, we have a lot more, you know, more there's a lot of dramatic irony where, like, we know what's really going on. It's going way deeper than yeah, anybody's saying. What you thought yeah. at all. Travolta never really knows what's going on. No. No, not at all. 
usually there is a big scene where the villain reveals everything to the hero or whatever or the true villain is revealed or one of those things and neither of those things happen yeah no we see who the quote-unquote real villain is like the person that hired john lithgow to make sure that this senator senator governor governor mcryan yeah because i remember specifically writing r.i.p (laughs) g.o.v but yeah uh to take this governor out of the possible presidential race that's the the whole thing um early one of those early split screen things is uh you know it's john travolta getting ready to go record the sound yeah and uh the, the, the and we're getting an info news. dump from the news yeah, yeah talking mm-hmm. about like tonight the governor's ball or they call it the liberty ball but well you know, yeah because also liberty day is right liberty around the day corner right around the corner of the <laughs> centennial bloopity bloopity blah it's real guys you've all heard of liberty day <laughs> philadelphia am i right soft pretzels gritty gritty was not around uh, <laughs> No, Gritty was not even a twinkle in anybody's brain. Or wherever, wherever the twinkle starts that ends up with Gritty. Right. Uh, Blue belly button. God, could we, could we please remake (laughs) Blowout with Gritty? (laughs) As who? Just there. Okay. (laughs) Okay. No, I'm sorry. Can we Star Wars Special Edition Gritty into Blowout? (laughs) Like in so many scenes, like Gritty's like a little kid uh, in the Reading Terminal Market. Aw, kitty. (laughs) In the background on the street. Gritty kitty. (laughs) That was the name of the kitty litter on Ren and Stimpy. Gritty kitty kitty litter. But yeah, uh, so the car goes off the road through a the railing on yeah, the bridge, like, right like a barrier, maybe made of wood. Yeah, it looks like a wooden yeah. like divider or whatever. Yeah, and then into yeah. the into the crick. Everybody keeps calling it a crick, and I love it. Wissick and crick. Yeah, where are they from? Wisconsin. No, I, I don't know. Like, My family always called it creek, but yeah, yeah. it's a creek. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a creek. Yeah, it's Dawson's Creek, not Dawson's Crick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, everybody on this is like, yeah, he's in the crick, and I'm like, where are these accents? Like, they're all from the middle, like. Yeah, it's all Midwestern. Chicago. Yeah, they were like uh, Wisconsin. De Palma's like, "Uh, we're making a film set entirely in Philadelphia, so I need as many Chicago accents as possible. Fucking Dennis Franz. We'll get there. Um, (laughs) Travolta dives in, and he's going to try and save who's in the car. And the first thing he sees is the. Although, also, speaking of Dennis Franz, you kind of see him fucking off across the bridge while John Travolta's actually being a hero. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So he dives into the crick. Yeah. And then Yeah, he he sees the driver who we don't know who it is yet, but it's it's Governor uh, Mc McRyan. McRyan. Okay. I, it's fine. McDonald's. Yeah. Um the McRib. Did somebody Governor say McRib. <laughs> Governor McRib. Governor McRib died today. <laughs> and a nation of May- fat foodies. Mayor McRib will be back in another year. Mayor yeah. McRib <laughs> died. Governor McRib will be back in <laughs> limited markets. Uh <laughs> Governor McRib. <laughs> this seems like Mayor McCheese, Governor McRib. Those, those seem like they could be yeah, contemporaries. Uh, yeah, so he sees McRyan with, like, a big head wound, like, bleeding. And he kind of, like, freaks out and dives, like, back up to the surface to get air. And then goes down, grabs a rock, smashes open a window, and drags out uh, uh, Nancy Allen, famous Sally. Coming out of that car window, like, she looks like a ghost. Oh, yeah. Like, with her, her dress, like, fluttering around oh, her in yeah. the water and stuff. It's, like, you it's haunting. You think she's already gone. Yeah, it's yeah. haunting looking. It's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and he drags her up to the shore and then... Hospital. The hospital, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where John Travolta is smoking, which always... <laughs> every time I see anybody smoking in a movie, like, in the hospital, I'm always like, 
What That's, year was this? Yeah, oh, I'm like, God. it's so weird. And I like, feel I, like that almost anywhere, man. Like, the hospital, watching Mad Men, they're doing it on airplanes and yeah. in restaurants and stuff. I, stuff. I vaguely remember smoking sections in restaurants when I was a kid. Yeah, I remember that. But, yeah. Bit. It seems like Ric Flair would light up a cigarette in the hospital and you'd be like, ooh, that son of a bitch, he's gonna get it. Yeah. I hope Ricky Steamboat takes the belt from that son of a bitch smoking in front of babies. Like... Yeah. <laughs> and oxygen tanks. Like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's talk he's about that. He's literally smoking in, like, an exam room. He walks through the lobby and he's about to go into another exam room and he just dumps it in an ashtray but to be fair the ashtray's in the lobby so oh, yeah. like so yeah i mean that was the times it's just so weird now because it's the kind of thing that like if you put it in a movie now that you know that person's an asshole Completely. where we're like sir like, this is a hospital you can't smoke here and they'd be like no i was just in a car accident billion stranger things like that's what it reminds <laughs> me of <laughs> like i'm I like, like billion what? stranger things as shorthand for like fucking i'll do what i want <laughs> yeah like <laughs> yeah mm. dick swinging Complete douche hat. Yeah. <laughs> it's the governor's, like, aide who's like, hey, and he comes up to John Travolta and he's like, we're going to sweep this under the rug. There was no girl in the car. You didn't see nothing. You didn't hear nothing. Because he's like, he's talking to the cop and he's like, yeah, I definitely heard another sound right before the blowout. Guy's like, it's an echo. And he's like, I know what an echo sounds like. I'm a sound man. <laughs> Which yeah. is like a great line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would you, like, so uh, John Travolta is really not okay with, like, with keeping his mouth shut about being there and saving a girl. To be honest, that strikes the entire movie. Like... Yeah. But I mean, like, would you guys have made a big deal about that? Because, like... What do you mean? So the aide's like, oh, you know, don't mention the girl right. and stuff. The governor's because, dead. Yeah. Uh, do Are we have saying... to discredit his memory by yeah. mentioning that he was with what may or may not be a prostitute s- or yeah. just a girl that's not his wife? Right. Are you saying you wouldn't have went about your merry way? Like, would we have made it such a big deal to create an entire movie to save this girl and uncover the truth, I guess? Well, no, not that whole thing, but just the whole, like, you know, the let it alone. He's really, like... He eventually agrees to it, but, like, it's, like, a lot of back and forth of him just going, like, but I was there and there was a girl. And he's like, yeah, but let's just say that there wasn't because of his wife and kids. I would definitely uh, buck against that. Okay. I don't like people telling me what to do without telling me why. Yeah, like... I don't like somebody being like, well, here's what we're going to do. And I'm like, really? Because now that you've said that in that manner, I'm 100% committed to not doing that. If a car had gone off into a crick and I dove into a crick... And I saved a girl from a crick. And they were like, oh, we're just going to pretend that didn't happen. I'd be like, why? Like, well, we have to, you know, think about think about his wife and his, his kids. I'm like, maybe they have an open relationship. You don't know. I don't know. I don't care. Maybe he was giving her a ride because she had a broken heel. It's not necessarily nefarious or sexual. John Travolta basically gets informed of like, hey, there's a cover-up going on. Not in so many words, but like, you know that's what it is. He has to then tell it to the cops, tell it to whoever, tell it to Nancy Allen, like whatever, whatever, whatever. That's my only real problem with the movie is, like, there's a lot of the middle that's telling us stuff we already know okay. to a degree. Okay. But, like, every scene is – the scenes aren't just that. Right. Like, they're not just, like, this info dumping again and again. So they're interesting. And like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's rephrased. And then also sometimes it's that, like, people have, like, speculations that aren't actually accurate or – of course. You know. Travolta, at the end, uh, he thinks Nancy Allen is actually going to meet with the news guy. I forget his name. But, yeah. And it's actually it's, like it's actually reporter. Burke, uh, John Lithgow, pretending to be the, the news guy. Yeah. But he still is suspicious of him, just because oh. he's like, he's going to take my recording and he's going to play yeah. it on the news without paying me. Travolta drops two F-bombs in this movie, and it's both about people fucking him oh, yeah. over all this like crazy like yeah. conspiracy bullshit. And he's like, I'm just trying not to get fucked. 
They're not going to fuck me again. That's his main goal throughout the film. All right. You know what, though? I feel like a lot of us are running around our day-to-day lives trying not to get get fucked. fucked. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like it's it's 2020 fucking they just they fuck you all the time trying yeah, to fuck bro, you just like listen trying it's to fuck Philly, you any which way I was like if there's one thing that I've learned since I've lived in Philly it's to not get fucked try by not. other people yeah. just try not to get fucked Trolt takes her to a motel they have I mean it's it's good dialogue it gets kind of like whizzed past but originally you know he's like hey maybe we can meet for a drink and she's like yeah I'd like that but she's a little fucked up because of whatever they gave her at the hospital and then when they throw them both out of the hospital essentially he's driving her you know home and she's like we can't go to my place like and she's smart like she's like that guy you know who he was and he's like yeah it's the governor She's like, you know, reporters might come to my house. And well, she like, was saying that she had, like, left her purse in the car and stuff. And so she's like, if somebody gets a hold of that, they know my name and address. Like, Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah. oh, so, you know, can we go to your place? And he's like, well, why won't they come to my place? I'm the guy, you know, saved you, pulled you out of the river or whatever. Crick. And she's like, let's just go to a hotel. And there's, you know, he he's like, oh, first it was a drink, then it was my place, now it's a hotel. And he's like, things are progressing pretty fast for us. Yeah. Which is like, it's good. It's funny dialogue. But, like, yeah. it gets kind of whizzed fast. Like, yeah. Yeah, well, that's does. not what we're here for. Yeah. Um, also, they are definitely at a motel. It's a motel. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and she's fucked up from yeah whatever they gave her at the hospital. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Fucked up. Uh, I so yeah, he just literally... yeah she's probably on a bunch of ether or whatever the hell they yeah, had. Yeah, ether. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Fucking Burns came in and was like, "Here, dear, breathe this rag." Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> um, Yo, motel totally has a Liberty Bell in the neon. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it does. That's Count the Liberty details. Bells. Yo, yeah, drink the oh, Liberty, yeah, bells. Right. Drink the Liberty bells. Do not drink for the uses of the phrase blowout. Yeah, <laughs> There is a lot. There's so many. I'm yeah. a big fan. We're big fans of the titular line, but yeah. really there should only be one oh, yes. per movie. Only one time per movie should anybody be like, it was a blowout or whatever. Or like, today is we celebrate our Independence Day. Like, that's one per movie. <laughs> to the point where I was like, this movie was not originally meant to be called Blowout. It was originally meant to be called something else. Oh, it's originally meant to be called um, the same thing that's printed on the reverse of his, like, sound door. Oh, Personal Effects. That's what it is. <laughs> it's a terrible title. Yeah. Personal Effects. Oh, my but God. I don't think I would have But it's effects, like, film. special effects, not, like... Actually, I, I guess it's I spelled the same way. Film. Yeah, no, it's yeah. spelled the same, but it, uh, yeah. it's not a good title. Yeah. That's not a good title. So, okay, this is a remake, not a remake, but this is conceptually very similar to a 1966 French movie called Blow Up. Michael Antonini. Nope. Antonioni? Yes. But basically, it's a it's 1966, so it's a 1960s, you know, kid uh, who takes, takes some pictures of an alluring, mysterious woman um, at the park. When he gets them developed, he notices a man, like, lurking in the bushes, like, watching her. That's the... Yeah, you know, emphasis that's basically the plot. The... And this is that, but for audio as opposed to a visual medium. You know, it's just like, he hears something that nobody else noticed, you know, yeah. as opposed to, I saw something nobody else noticed, that kind of thing. Right. And I think in Blow Up, I don't think it's to solve a murder. I think he's trying to prevent it. Like, he thinks she's being stalked, so he's trying to figure out who she is and then stop it before she can be killed. Sure. I think, but I'm not, I've, it's, I've never seen it. I just am familiar with it. Well, my point for that was that, you know, so then I, I since it's similar, I think the title being similar is uh, fitting yeah sure but of course, yeah. it's just a phrase they use a lot in the movie so it comes up a bunch yeah mm-hmm. um 
Although that happens with uh, one or two freight like word titles. Yeah. If they're not sufficiently weird, oh, like, it gets used a lot. Yeah, like the TV show House. Man, they say House all the time. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> not wrong. Travolta like listens back to the the tape he made again and again, and it replays but, the whole sequence. Yeah, with but him, we're doing like, like it. It's so fun visually because he's using a pencil to stand in for his directional mic, and we're getting a first-person perspective on a scene that we already saw, but because we're in a different camera angle, it looks different. Yeah. Oh, completely. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's, it's really so, fun. So mm-hmm. good. The way that it was directed really brought it out in a different light. Like, oh, it really yeah. made me hear that second bang like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. It yeah. was like, oh, I completely see that these are two different sounds. Yeah, sure. I, I yeah. get it now. Uh, I love the shot when he's like, he listens back to it, listens back to it, listens back to it again and again. Like once he isolates that sound. And then like when he realizes, oh, that's the sound of a gunshot blowing out the tire. That shot of like his head in the lower third of the screen with like the tire. Yeah. Like superimposed. It's it's so good. It's so cool. Yeah. Well, it's De Palma doing his usual. It's just very, it's very fun. Either split screen or layered shooting. It's a layered shot. Yeah. No, I know. But I mean, like he uses them very frequently and they kind of look visually similar depending on exactly how you're doing it but yeah. yeah oh yeah but that scene makes yeah. you completely drawn into the film from that point on yeah it's, you're it's like, so cool oh, i'm now fully in this is when we actually first finally see john lithgow um he sneaks into uh the police impound yeah, area where they have the wherever, car which like roughly what like arch street by the bedford oh, bridge no idea. Okay. oh in real life oh yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i think it's yeah yeah it's in a section of old city kind of like where that stool place is Mr. Stool. It's a they they analyze your uh, Oh my poop god. No. To make sure you're not parasites. I feel like mine sounds dumber, but no, it's literally a big It's a like, bar stool. Where, yeah, it's a yeah. warehouse place where you buy fucking bar stools and there's an entire fucking store that does that. It's yeah, it's a big uh, painted, yeah. painted logo on the side. Yeah. yeah. The fact that it's I think it's just called Mr. Mr. Bar stool, not yeah. Mr. Stool. Is the bar really small? No, it's called Mr. Barstool. Yeah, it's the same size as the other letters, but I it guess you were really focused is. on them. <laughs> Freud would have I some t- things to say about that. Sure. Yeah, I don't remember it being Mr. Barstool, but I'm willing to be wrong. But yeah, there's an impound lot by the Ben Franklin Bridge in this that John Lithgow infiltrates to change tires. Yeah, it's like a garage. Yeah. Uh, so the way that the scene opens up is by this tire bouncing into the scene and hitting yeah. its jack. How this tire does not knock over this jack is absolutely insane to me. Yeah, I was like, oh, I thought that's what he was doing. Yeah. Like, I thought thought he was was rolling a tire to hit the jack and then, like, that would cause something to fall or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Touches a whole bunch of stuff before he puts gloves on, just want to say. Also, I don't know if you saw. It was the 80s. They weren't, fingerprinting wasn't really. That wasn't a thing yet. I don't know if you saw, but when he opened his truck to get the uh, tire out. Uh, he had a tape eraser box in there. No, Wait, really? Yeah, there's a car- there was a cardboard box in his no, trunk that. that said tape eraser. Oh, I did not catch well, that. He's very prepared. Oh, yes, man. Yeah, no, I know. But yeah, he swaps out this, like, na- I guess naturally blown out tire for the one that was clearly shot with a gun and had two different puncture holes in it. Again, to help cover up his tracks. Because as we'll find out, he's responsible for the accident. When we cut back to the motel, the, it's morning and Sally's awake. Uh, she has a really funny line about, you know, she's like, oh, you work in movies because they're kind of getting to know each other. And she's like, I've always been interested in movies because, you know, I do makeup. And she's like, you know, I see a lot of movies and like a lot of stars like Barbara Streisand. I could fix her face. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was like, rude. <laughs> <laughs> so Barbara, rude. Barbara Streisand, they don't do her right. 
She literally says, I could fix her face. I was like, wow. Wowie, wow, wow, rude. (laughs) So rude, Sally. So rude. She also makes a scene where she's saying that she doesn't wear makeup. She's like, oh, I'm not wearing any makeup. Her makeup is all over her face in this scene. Like, oh, did you well, notice? It was, wasn't it in the hospital and stuff? Yeah, so she's it was. Like, and I'm yeah, like, I'm I get what she's saying, makeup. but and also... She's like, yeah, she's like, yeah. I was just fished out of the river. <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah. My makeup I mean, doesn't look right. I, I, think, think was, I think that's what the, the implication was, is that, yeah. Very funny yeah. how fast they were kind of... Like, I understand that Travolta was trying to get some information from her. Yeah, But she was definitely flirting very quickly. And she was like, ah. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. girl, your your eyeliner's all over your eye. <laughs> your whole face, like, yeah, you look like Alice Cooper. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking so. of, now we're introduced to Manny Carp, oh, played by yes. Dennis Franz. Oh, so my God. we're introduced to him through a news uh, segment where he has come forward and he is, quote unquote, a photographer who was, quote unquote, just out there at night trying out this new, like, film stock that is perfect for taking photos at night. And he happened to record, basically, it's the, it's John Travolta's story, but with a photo camera. Yeah. And he's like, I happen to take a whole bunch of photos of it. Yeah, it's still photos. Yeah, still photos. So now he's, like, going on the news and selling his photos to every, you know, news magazine that wants to buy them and whatever. And everybody wants to, so he's making bank. But, no, you know, there's no backstory on him. We don't know him or whatever. But ostensibly, he's a Philadelphian. But he talks like this the whole time. And he's like, hey, you know, gonna... And I'm like, this is the worst. This is just Chicago. It's just a Chicago accent. And they're different. We are different. Chicago is a different city. And I think Chicago yeah. would also acknowledge that. And there's no bad blood there. It's just like, no, no, no. We yeah. sound different. Our pizzas Completely. are not anything like each other. Yeah, no. He's so Chicago, and I guess trying to be... He's also, like, the schlubbiest schlub that ever schlubbed in this fucking movie. Yeah. Oh, like, when Lord. you see him later, he's in his fucking, you know, like, white like white undershirt, yeah. white yeah. beater, and yeah. it's just it's, covered in space stains, stains or whatever. Yeah. Hey, so I was eating one of them deep-dish cheesesteaks. That's not a thing. It's not a thing, Dennis. You have to stop saying these uh, Chicago things I in mean, a Philadelphia I'm, context. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that, like, in NYPD Blue... The Eagles. No, that's not what we say. We don't say that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure on NYPD Blue, he wasn't, like... A high class gentleman. No, either. but he oh, did no. actually have an accent that sounded like a New York oh, accent. Yeah. But yeah, but I'm saying like also so, you know. he was the first ass that everyone saw in primetime. Oh, yeah, oh, fun fact! Right. He played uh, Detective. I think it's Andy Sipowitz. He played Detective Sipowitz on NYPD Blue, and at a time when TV was trying to find its you know uh, place. What um, is acceptable to show on primetime yeah, television? What, yeah, what differentiated primetime from, you know, average after-school viewing and whatever. They were like, oh, well, primetime, we can be a little more adult with it. So tonight on NYPD Blue, you're going to see a man's ass. And everybody was like, oh, there's some attractive people on that show. Right on. Let's fucking tune in. And they tuned in. They're like, it's Andy Sipowitz. And Dennis Franz like, yeah, look at that. Look at my big white keister. Yeah, I'm going to bon- I'm gonna bone this broad. Yeah, that's right. The and only one that said yes was Dennis Franz. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is also the same era where they were doing, like, the 3D, like, specials on, like, yeah. any of, like, the family, uh... Oh, yeah. yeah like, tool time in 3... Or, sorry. Oh, home, uh, home, home improvement in 3D. 3D. Yeah. Get your glasses ready. Oh, we're gonna yeah. have two by fours wow. up the waz. Uh, Drew Carey did a million, like, theme Crazy episodes bullshit. where they're like, yeah. hey... There's seven things wrong in this scene. Can you find them? And it's like, you know, Oswald's hair is the wrong color, and Mimi's got a bunch of 
I... dicks grown out of her head or whatever, <laughs> or whatever dumb you know shit. And then you would like write in, and they'd maybe wow. send you I don't know what. The Drew ah, Carey show. A Cleveland jersey or whatever. We w- So, I mean, we're not going to go through, like, beat by beat by beat. Because, again, a lot of it sort of gets reiterated and, yeah. and, and yeah. not necessarily rehashed, but, like, firmed up. So, what you come to find out is that Manny, who is a photographer, has a thing going on with Sally where he will facilitate her setting up a date with somebody and then he will take photographs of them, whether it's just a married man or somebody in local government or somebody that has something specific to lose in the public eye or whatever. And then they split the money from him, you know, being like, okay, give me so much money and I won't leak these photos. Yeah, from blackmailing. Right, I won't send them to your wife or I won't send them to the newspaper or whatever. And then they split the profits. Um, And this is a, a scam they've been running for a while. Yeah. But, you know, he's a he's a shit weasel. He's, you know, and she's just opportunistic at, at worst. Yeah. Because she, she's not a bad person. He's she's a not. bad person. She's just a little dumb. Yeah, she's a little ditzy and, and whatever. And, like, when she finally confronts him, he sees her coming up and he knows that she's coming up to his apartment. And so he's practicing what he's going to say and be like, oh, yeah, I just sort of, you know, when I saw you, the car went in the water there I, in the creek. I saw that uh, handsome gentleman jump in after you, and so I skedaddled out of there because uh, I don't want to get my uh, commemorative bear's socks wet. You know uh, I can't swim anyway. You know, I can't swim anyway because I'm so full of the cheese pizza there and the J&B. And, uh, deep dish. Yeah, I got the deep. I got a bad case of the deep dish, and no. I can't swim. <laughs> and, like, and it's just like, yeah, he's a shitbird. Cause he, like, he cause won't his let friend... go of the J&B, too. Man. Oh, no. Because oh, no. his, his friend goes in, in, in the river in the creek. And, like, he doesn't go in after her. He doesn't give a shit. Friend slash coworker, you kind right. of seem to want to bone. Yeah, yeah, it, It's just, it, he's, that's what I mean. Like, she's opportunistic, which isn't great, but she's not a bad person. He's a bad person. Mm-hmm. But, yes, you're right. He will not let go of the J&B. We, I've seen this a few times. Like I mentioned, this is the only time I've noticed. He takes the bottle into the bathroom with him where he is whizzing with the door open, and he loves it. And... And then he does not wash his hands. He just zips up, and he's still holding the bottle, and he switches it to the hand that, by definition, must have then been holding his wang. And I'm just like, oh, gross. And then he drinks it, and I'm like, oh, gross. And then he heads to her, and she drinks it, and I'm like, oh, gross. Does yeah. everybody stop drinking his dick drink? Hey, is it just me, or does this taste like my balls? So nasty. <laughs> it is super nasty. He's gross. Um, I mean... So... Travolta buys a copy of one of the magazines that has all his photos in it. Yes. And then um, takes Basically him, makes a flip book out of it. Right, but he takes him to his, uh, like, one of the, the, the companies that he works at. And he, yeah. He disappears into the animation room. Yeah. Um, but in the hallway outside, well, there's a poster, there's a lot of movie posters, and I noticed one for Without Warning. Oh, yeah? Which is, like, a crazy um, giant alien kind of brain-looking, big brain monster um, hunting humans on Earth that came out, like... In the early 80s, 80s as well. I did not pick up on Late that. Late 70s, I guess. Recently, I've found out about it. It just has oh, a very okay. distinctive poster that I caught. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, there's a lot of posters in the background. I don't oh, know that they're all real, but I yeah, assume they are. Yeah, you could freeze that frame, man, because there was a bunch of stuff, like, you know, from horror to, ex- to sexploitation. Yeah, films. there's a couple yeah. that I know are real, and then there's a couple where I, I honestly don't know. Like, there's one called The Lure of the Triangle, which has a, like, scooter oh, that's ship. that's one of the things I was thinking of. Has yeah. a scooter <laughs> ship, like, diving into the bikini bottoms of of some girl on the poster and i was like who boy i don't know if i hope that's real or not but that's a great poster yeah <laughs> the lore of the triangle yeah take your boat to this vagina yeah i was gonna say you could tell it's the 80s because nobody has those anymore 
Vaginas? No. Yeah, we've outlawed Triangles. Oh. Uh, it's all of, landing strips, I guess? It's all landing strips or bare bones. Or full bush. Yeah. Are people going back to that? It's coming back. Yeah, yeah. there's a... There's a I can quote that. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> the, you know, the, the, sh- the shorn bear thing was going on for a while, and this is a direct... I feel like it's uh-huh. becoming a revolution again for yeah. the bush. Right. Yeah, also, like, natural body hair thing has become it's, more of a statement. Uh, popular Very thing. true. I yeah, feel yeah. like a lot more women are doing the armpit hair, which means there's got to be a bush. Yeah, if you have armpit hair but no bush, that just seems That's weird. That's kind of crazy to me. I'm like, But to be you... fair, there... I, I, but I, also, I kind of like it. I did read some article, just armpit hair, no bush. Yes. Just, like, like, bald as a baby everywhere out, except from the yes. except for the armpits. Oh. Yes. Yeah, do That's nips down. Piece. I shave yeah. everything from my nips down. I shave everything from yes. my nips down. I just wade uh, armpit deep into a bathtub full of nair. <laughs> <laughs> I come out all slippy. <laughs> Yo. Have you ever used Nair? Because Nair is fucking terrible. Oh, God. So I have, I've never actually used it, used it, but I, I have experienced it. It um, stinks, Nair and it only smells. works if you don't really actually have that much hair to begin with. Travolta makes this, like, he makes He's, a movie, Yeah, basically. he starts with the flip book and then turns it into, like, animation, just doing, like, single frame shots yeah, because on a reel. since yeah. Franz was taking, you know, like, steadily taking photos, it functions the same way as making a movie. It's a frame every... 24 seconds or, or, or 24 frames a second i mean you know like it's rapid yeah. fire like that so he basically just does that to it yeah takes these photos crops everything out and then makes a movie of these still photos and then using the instant when the car uh splashes into the river he sinks it up yeah and then which finds is it's the... what actual um filmmakers do yeah. to do sound that's why you have the clapper oh, in the front yeah. Is that that sound of the like top Clap. of it closing yeah. is how you mark how you where sync up where the audio the is with, yeah, with, so the, you know, with yeah. the video? That's yeah, really once you sync the sound up with that. the yeah. you know where it should be, then you know that the rest of everything is uh, sunk up correctly. Yeah, it's cool and and like it's you know smart that he did it you know with that thing and he marks it with like a grease pencil you know S on the tape for I guess splash, splash yeah. yeah and then like marks it back to where he hears the. The blowout, you know, and then he watches the tape and he's watching it back and forth and he sees there's a a little burst of light. Yeah, it's a muzzle flash. Yeah, it's a muzzle flash. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what he thought. It's awesome. It's real cool. So he kind of has like a guy do a rush job to make him like an actual videotape. This is when we get his backstory. They meet at a bar and he tells Sally his backstory, which we mentioned earlier. So, yeah, she's like, oh, you know, yeah, my train's leaving in like 20 minutes and stuff. And he's like, well, you know, you said you'd have a drink with me, so... Yeah. Have a drink with me. And she's like, you got 10 minutes. Yeah. Because of her performance, it's easy to write off Sally as being, like, really ditzy. Because she has that kind of, like, manner of speaking. Like, she sounds yeah. like an airhead. She does the breathy, like, you know. Yeah, she kind of oh, has, like, oh, uh, hi. Ah, yeah. Ah, like, kind of thing. And she, we can educate a guest that it's part of her survival, you know, structure. Is like, she always seems like she's flirting with him. Maybe she is. Maybe it's just how she operates because it's easy you know like you know she's always like that's really fascinating like blah 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 blah. but like you know i think i think it's genuine i think she's you know but she's very savvy she's like hey listen shit's gonna get bad and i want to get out of town he's like come on have a drink with me i was in saturday night fever over here yeah and she's like all right you have 10 minutes (laughs) it's kind of interesting because you don't think of that of her 
for a moment. You know, you're like, yeah. is she just sissy or is she kind of saving her own skin? Yeah, and I, th- I think, you know, as you figure out more, like, you find out her relationship with uh, Manny, with Dennis Franz, mm-hmm. where, like, they have this business arrangement where, like, she'll take guys out and then, you know, get photos. Of- you realize that, like, you know, she's, like, living a hard life. Like, she says there's a line in there that you pointed out. She was like, I don't really type, so that leaves kind of limited career opportunities for me. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, she's like, I work the makeup counter at wherever, and she's like, you know what that pays? Corvettes, I think she said. Yeah. Which I was I like, is know, that real? Yeah. Was that real? No, I didn't. <laughs> but she's like, you know, you know what I make? I make shit. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. And like, so she's like, so, you know, I mean, like, which, you know, it's, it's not expressly stated because the movie's not about that, but reading between the lines and looking at her character, it's a pretty forward-thinking message about, like, you know, sex work and whatever oh like, yeah, yeah i mean much. she's also running a scam which is like not the most morally up and up but like right but there's a reason why this is the oldest profession right but it's yeah. not her scam she's just true she's yeah. playing along right somebody's got to make money off it that's not dennis franz it might as well be her and it's yeah. funny well because nobody's my... nobody's taking him for a car ride yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on don't anybody want to take a photo of me come all over here my penis has a bunch of j and b spilled on it <laughs> oh <One of> my, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like you just fucking gr- turned away and groaned allison come on i got a bunch of pepperonis in my pants i mean usually that's not what they're talking about with whiskey dick yeah he's like yeah i thought that was like a come on (laughs) oh so we get uh john lithgow at the gallery yeah outside that's a philadelphia landmark that doesn't appear in a lot of movies as like a big deal because it's not because it's it's a mall i mean like to to most people it's like oh it's just a mall but like it's a cool mall well also they recently revamped it so now it's the fashion district but it's the part of the gallery Yeah, yeah 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 but it was crazy because it really highlighted city oh yeah. i was gonna say how crappy that mall is oh. yeah, i mean like listen i didn't say it was great i just said it was famous and cool i like it yeah uh, oh, i mean in the other scene sorry my bad yeah. where they had panned out and kind of showed city hall from afar yeah it was yeah. like oh this kind of really highlights a huge part of the city but yeah no john lithgow uh has a photo of sally and he's like just watching people on the escalator waiting to see if he sees her which is nuts but kind of almost works because he sees somebody that looks enough like her yeah um and that's his whole thing we, we mentioned before he's trying to cover up her murder as part of a string of sex killings um to make it look like she wasn't targeted that it's just women who look similar right. so he found a woman that looks enough like her yeah. And followed her till she almost got on an old school 1980s SEPTA bus, which I was like, yeah. hey, <laughs> right on. Which also, like, you know, she's walking through Rang Terminal Market, which is by the gallery. Yeah. Um, And so, like, that's a whole cool sequence because, like, I feel like that's even more fun than doing it in the gallery because it's, like, very much like a marketplace. So yes. it's, like, little oh, yeah. stalls and stuff and a lot more people. Yeah, the Reading Terminal quarters. Market is, yeah. is food stuff. So it's yeah. all, yes. you know, it's like, it's like the, the, the Seattle fish market, that kind yeah. of thing. So, yeah, again, he did this narrower. split yeah. screen there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's what I mentioned that earlier. It's, it's a close-up on the left side of the screen of Lithgow uh, stealing an ice pick out of, you know, a fish uh, market display. And then of this woman who from the back looks like Sally that we think may be Sally walking through the Reading terminal. Um, so he's, you know, following her and then, yeah, he snags her just, she's about to get on a septa bus. And it's like, listen, I know it was 1981. I know it was Philadelphia, but like the bus driver would stop. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like fully. he, it wasn't like he lured her away with candy or like, Hey, look at my shiny new ice pick. Ha <laughs> ha He didn't do that. He <laughs> yeah. just grabbed this woman. And I feel like 
any any hey, at a public hey, bus does this stop. rag smell like ether to you? <laughs> yeah. Any bus driver would be like, that ain't right. And like stop <laughs> it. Like it doesn't matter who they are. They're like, no, 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 no. Stop. <laughs> um, but yeah, and he grabs and then they fall through uh like the security fence around a construction site and they roll down and he stabs her and he looks up. This is what we mentioned earlier. Looks up, sees the banner or the the like uh you know, billboard for Liberty Day and goes like, ah, I have an idea. And he stabs her, I guess, in the shape of a Liberty Bell, but we don't see it. Right. All we get is, like, his shadow projected on a wall as we pan up to actual Sally walking, like, right above there, which is crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Um, So Jack syncs up the audio and the video, and then once he's got everything set, he hides a copy in his ceiling. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, he's got a drop ceiling, he moves one of the panels, puts it up there, replaces the panel, no big deal. This is one of the more Philadelphia things in this movie. Like, (laughs) truly, this felt so Philadelphia to me, is um, Jack goes to talk to an investigator, he's Detective Mackey, played by John Aquino, or Aquino. Yeah, did we used to have a uh, police... Um, like headquarters in City Hall, or is it I just it's 1981? It's two years before I was born. I have okay. no idea. Yeah, all right. But no that's not my that's not my okay. thing. My thing is that you know they're they're getting into it about like he's like, hey, I have this audio and video, and it you know it shows there's a the muzzle flash, there's smoke, and he's like, that could be anything. You know, you're being a conspiracy nut. I've had conspiracy nuts in here all day, and he's like, you know, why should I believe you? He's like, I have nothing. You know, I, I got nothing for you. I just know what I heard. Yeah, and. Um, the, and Detective uh, Mackey says, just because I don't like you doesn't mean I'm not going to do my job. Which I was like, that feels very Philadelphia to me. Oh, totally. Because he's basically, he's like, you know, he, t- he references Jack's backstory about, like, working for the Keene Commission and getting a bunch of, he says, good cops put away. But it's like, he was there for police corruption, so they weren't good cops. They were right. corrupt cops. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and he's like, so that's what this is about? Like, Travolta's like, that's what this is about? Well, fuck you, I'm taking my tape. And he's like, if you take that tape, I'll charge you with withholding evidence. Right. And he's like, really? That's how it's going to be? And I, I really do like the line, like, just because I don't like you doesn't mean I won't do my job. Yeah. I was like, that feels very Philadelphia to me. It's like, uh, hey, fuck you, but also I'm good at this. I, I dug it. I dug it a lot. I think right after this we get Burke, which is Lithgow, um, in a phone booth calling his employer, and we get basically his whole backstory. It's like a full info dump from him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, not his backstory, but like everything that he's doing in here where he's like, well, hey. It's not his life, but it's, no. it's his, him as he pertains to the film. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, wearing, he's, a, he's, he's wearing a Bell telephone yeah. uh, helmet and yeah. vest and everything. And, but yeah, he, he talks to his uh, employer and he's, you know, the employer's like, you know, Burke, what did you do? And he's like, yeah. I I did I did what the job required. Like, he's getting him on, like, technicalities where he's like, mm-hmm. I did what, what you asked of me. I eliminated him from the presidential race. And he's like, I didn't ask you to kill him. And he's like... Well, actually, we did on our meeting of November the 6th or whatever. Yeah, he's, and, he actually, like, you know. Yeah, you know, it's a date. Yeah. And he's like, but we shot that idea down. He's like, yes, but he's like, it wasn't planned this way, but this is what happened. And I think I'm working within a margin of error. And, like, it's yeah. very, like, sp- it's specificity. It's very, yeah. He's specific. your favorite character. Oh, my God, he is. You're the John Lithgow of this yeah. podcast. <laughs> it's very specific. It's very goal-oriented. It's very sociopathic. Yeah, you're the John Lithgow of this podcast. Great. You're the Burke. Good. And I'm the Jack. I'm like, hey, over here, I'm pretty sure I got a crazy conspiracy theory. I could probably prove it, maybe. And you're like, hmm, but on our meeting of January the 6th. Yeah. I'm like, hey, yo, what up, boo? Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Every you time I walk be, around, that's why right. nobody knows who listens <laughs> to the because I'm always sitting down when we record, but every time I walk anywhere, that was for Smalls. Hi, Smalls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Burke's like, yeah, so, you know, I 
killed the governor and I'm dealing with, uh, you know, any of the other cleanup and stuff. And Well, he says, I erased. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, he doesn't say I'm going to kill him. He's like, I, you know, I erased the auto guys tapes and I changed the tire and. I'm going to kill her. And I'm going to kill gonna her. Make it look like part of a sex killing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's his whole plan and. and, and... It's super casually, like... Oh, yeah. No, it's, he's it's, it's he's very goal-oriented. Oh, yeah, he's nothing. Like, he has no emotion. He's not... He's just like, this will happen. This is the order in which things will happen. It will be done. Um, but, I mean, like, it's directed very casually. Like, it's not directed, like, dun-dun-dun, like, no, reveal. No. Like, oh, yeah, there's like... no music stings to no. be found. Um, I do he's just mention, on the phone. <laughs> speaking of music stings, like I do want to mention the music in this. Yeah. I really love it. It's uh, Pino DiNaggio, who did... Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm not pronouncing that correctly or not but um he's done a, a lot of uh like italian you know giallo uh, yeah horror stuff cool uh mostly but i really like his score in this like oh yeah from like the beginning the score is like really interesting yeah i think it works with like every scene because he I, i'm he did the bad music that we hear in um co-ed frenzy oh yeah and like it it, it works it fits co-ed frenzy yeah. super well and it's but it's really bad <laughs> Yeah. And then, like, you know, the theme that plays through Coed Frenzy, and then, like, yeah, and then the rest of the music in the movie, which actually fits this movie. Yeah. Which is really good. Yeah, it's 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 super solid. I really like him as a, as a composer. Yeah. I've only uh, heard, seen a few movies that he's done the score for, but I always like it. Yeah, no, it's very good. Yeah, because, I mean, like, the score has, like, nice beats, but then also, like, when we reach our climax, it gets, like, very intense it's in a very way. very intense. In oh, a yes. way that's not, like... It's like it's no, like no. tender as well. There's a lot of like piano. It's like it's and, like strings yeah. and piano and yeah. mounting tension rather than like driving percussion. Right. Uh, yeah. Which is not like the tack that a lot of things would use. So, no. but it's it's very it's a very it's, good call. Yeah, I like it a lot. It is. Yeah. So this is when Jack realizes that his tapes have been erased, and this yeah. is a great shot. It's a famous shot mm-hmm. because it just starts, you know, and slowly pans around to the right. Uh, and it keeps circling around yeah, and it's around spinning as he almost like it's, you, it's you like yourself one of the are tapes, a reel. Yeah, yeah. It, it mimics the the spinning of the reels. Um, and he plays like one of his recordings, and it's completely blank. It's just like you know the sound of the tape like humping through the you know machine. He puts a different one on a different machine, and it adds like another layer of this like yeah, so nothing ambient noise. Yeah, there's building sound, but it's not actually like cacophony like right. you would expect. And it's, it's all just the tapes, sound. It's everything yeah. that was out. He had like stacks of things because he was recording new sound, so it yeah. was like and had bank sound and stuff. Yeah. yeah, so there was like you know gun and you know knife sound and thunder and this and rain and that and whatever and whatever, and it's all blank. But it was um, really cool how the suspension built yeah. in this scene because it's you wordless. see him go out of the room yeah he brings back, in a, a separate tapes. player to make sure that it's not one of it's not an issue with like one of his many reel to reels yeah he brings in a separate player from out there and plays something else and that doesn't work it's really yeah. crazy and you like yeah it's wordless finally leave the scene it's just littered with like machines and tape yeah yeah it's great it's a it's a great shot it, yeah. I, it's probably the second most famous shot the most famous shots the fireworks i think Sure, yeah. Which, it should be. It's an amazing shot. Yeah. It's, oh, like, yeah. chilling. Completely beautiful. We'll get there. I have him talking to the cop is my next note. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where he's like, they erased my tapes. And Mackie, he's like, oh, sure, they erased your tapes, huh? Are they going to try to kill you next? It's like, you know, it reminded me of fucking Chief Wiggum. He's like, oh, sure. All right, sure, ma'am. Uh, You know, 
there's a little you know there's a little man in your basement trying to convince your kids to do whatever that's right oh sure and then he like hangs up he's like you know somebody else is like oh yeah sure you know oh there's a house fire yeah <laughs> okay tell me another one buddy and he hangs up picks up another line he's like yeah oh, okay officer down yeah whatever you say <laughs> like it just reminded me of that where he's like oh yeah they erased your tapes are they gonna try to kill you? it's like you're a cop <laughs> like right. you should take these claims semi-seriously oh, yeah. Mackie. uh but it made me laugh it was pretty funny yeah um you're a lackey Mackie. <laughs> you're a lackey Mackie. <laughs> what made me laugh throughout the whole entire process was the fact that yeah you like exactly what you're saying about the cops just not caring at yeah. all I'm like, a governor died? And they were just like, ha ha ha. Like, I mean, and they, I was like, they what? try to explain it with, you know, Mackie saying, like, I've had crackpots coming in here all day telling me their conspiracy theories for who killed the governor. Uh-huh. And, like, to be fair, I mean, that is true. Like, people, you know, people are crazy. And they're like, I, it was Mayor McCheese. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. Governor McRib. He did it. You know, I mean, like. Look at all the conspiracy stuff that you get from the the Kennedy assassination. I mean, Mayor like that, McCheese killed Governor McRib. They, it was a power play. That they yeah, did. For control big, of the French uh, Fry Kingdom. You don't even have to go as big as the goddamn Kennedy assassination. It's huge. People have conspiracy theories about everything. Yeah. And McRib is made of beans. I don't know. Is that, 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 that might be true. I don't even know. Nobody actually, knows what's in the McRib. Yeah. I think it's a unicorn. Well, That's why it's only back for a limited time. Yeah, because the planets only align so often that the fucking portal is open and they can go to McDonald land and c- collect the last unicorns they can find. Yeah, it's part of my uh, yeah. McDonald's fan fiction. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to build it into a uh, shared universe film franchise. It's not really a rainbow road so much as a golden arch. Yeah, it's a golden arch. That's yeah. exactly what it is with Chris Helmsworth as... Uh-huh. Uh, one of the fry guys. <laughs> I'm so little. Uh, <laughs> I talk a lot about McDonald's in this episode. I know. I don't like, even like what? McDonald's. Yeah, they d- just have the richest history. Did we yeah, not eat enough before we started? The McRib, apparently. Yeah. I think everybody's hungry. We just need to get burgers. That's what Munchy. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so my next note is that they still need the scream from Coed Frenzy because we cut back to the studio. And oh my god, yeah. The director has two starlets in a recording booth trying to get them to sync up like a better scream for the girl getting killed in the shower from the opening. Oh, and the one is not doing it. The other one is like shaking her shoulders and trying to like wrench a scream out of her. And he's like, you two, swap! You pull her hair, and like they're doing it, it's even worse <laughs> like the second time. Yeah, because like a gut wrenching scream comes from hair pulling. That's yeah, it's just happens. some girl being like, ah, 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 which is how you'd scream if somebody pulled a knife on you in the shower and was going to end your life. If how the, the perfecter and the inventor of the steady cam was going to murder you. So accurate. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's terrible. But it's really funny, and it breaks the tension. And yeah. then Jack comes in, and you know the director's like, "Hey, are you still working for me? Because like, what are you doing?" He's like, "I'm working on it." Like, yeah, he doesn't like, say like, "I'm also trying to like stop a governmental conspiracy and save this girl's life." Yeah, like, yeah. He he's like, you know, we need those other sounds the first reel. He's like, "I'll get them for you," and he's like, "I'll get them for you." We're, we're working on the second reel now. He's like, "I'm working on it." Yeah. Like, it's just yeah. really like, yeah. yeah. But it's funny. It, it, yeah, like I, I like it. I like it. And like it keeps that thread going because that's going to be important later. My next note is that 
is it's a bunch of things back to back to back. Jack fills Sally in on everything that's going on and what he thinks. Like he's talked to the oh yeah news guy at this point, I believe, and he's like, I want to give him. You know, he has he has his secret copy of the tape that didn't get erased. Right. But it's just his audio matched up with uh, this like you know shitty well, reel to reel video that he made. Um, yeah. So he's telling her that he needs uh, he needs Manny's original film to make like a proper tape that you know so. Because he's like, anybody could say I made this in a lab, and they'd be right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's like, I need the original film. You know, and he's telling her that he thinks that, like, there's stuff going on, and she's like, oh, you're just being crazy. And he's like, you can be crazy or dead. Yeah. Pick one. Yeah. Basically. Where it's like, They're know. both right. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. yeah, he is being crazy, and seems like he's coming out of nowhere. Because, like, as far as she knows, this is done. Like, she was asked not to make a big deal or talk to the press, and she hasn't. You know, they paid her off, and she took it, and has been keeping quiet. Yeah. So as far as she knows, everything's good. But he knows shit is not good. Something is up. It's real bad. And, you know, she doesn't want to believe that. Right. Because, yeah, like, she, she, as far as she knows, she's scot-free. And, like, that's what she wants. And, you know. And he's like, nah, it's fucking for real. Yeah, shit's I mean, getting she's, real. she's getting money from, you know. Uh, the aid. The aid. And she's getting money from. Uh, Dennis Franz. Yeah. Manny. Yeah. From Carp. Manny so. Carp. She's yeah. completely like unconcerned that she almost died. Well, it's she she is like crazy. she is constantly on the verge of just skipping oh, yeah. town. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. She's, she argues with Manny about that, where she's like, you know, did you know about this? And he's like, no, I mean, you know. Hey, come yeah. on! I would. Why would I do that? Yeah. Is it just because I'm a huge fucking piece of shit? I mean, yeah, I am, but like also, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. No, fact, Manny. The, I believe that's the scene right after this where she goes to see. Yeah, Manny that's the next. My next note is uh, Sally confronts Manny with the dick bottle. Well, it says bottle slash penis. Then it says bottle slash ko. <laughs> yeah, he's well, trying right. to. I mean, essentially rape it's her. Rape. Like everything uh, changes. Yeah. We get an overhead view. The music changes. Yeah, yeah. The lighting it's, even feels like it changes a little bit. It's not even essentially like it's yeah. about to be. Yeah. Raped. Oh yeah. Yeah, and she hits him over the head with the bottle. Yeah, and, uh, and knocks him out. Knocks him out, or hopefully kills him. But yeah, in that in this scene, oh is, no, I'll never be able to pass on my perfect yeah. Philadelphia accent to my sons. Uh, but in in this scene is when she's like, you know, dude, like, did you know that this was gonna happen? Because like, that, and you he know. gives the most like fucking scum rat fucking. Who's to say when anybody knows things? Like he's fucking Doctor oh, Manhattan. <laughs> like he's like I experience all different timelines uh, at the same time. So like I my. My I, experience is fundamentally different from yours. Yeah, he's, uh, he's like, it's 1971, and I'm uh, growing up in Philadelphia with this accent. It's hard. It's a hard life, and the kids make fun of me. It's uh, 1980, and I'm being approached by a syndicate to help rub out the governor and make sure that he doesn't become a presidential candidate. It's 2019, and I'm watching the last, last, last Star Wars movie in theaters. <laughs> That's a reference to watch when he talks about the last Star Wars movie. Wait, does he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, uh, when he's on the moon, he says, like, yeah. he's like, it's, uh, you know, whatever, 1983, and I'm watching the last Star Wars movie, and fans now that there's three last Star Wars movies yeah. have made three different word boxes that say, like, it's it's whatever day, 1983, and I'm watching the last Star Wars movie. It's whatever day, 19, or 2000, whatever, for uh, uh-huh. Rise of the Sith or whatever, and yeah. I'm watching the last Star Wars movie, and it's, you know, December whatever, 2019, and I'm watching the last Star Wars movie. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my 
fun. Dennis Franz joke. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis Franz really. slash Dr. Manhattan. I feel like I've met, referenced Dr. Manhattan before on this podcast. Well, you saw his back and now you get to see his front. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Manhattan or? Dennis Franz. Dennis Franz. <laughs> Dr. Manhattan famously has his dick out. Yeah. Hey, look at my blue penis. I'm Dr. Manhattan. Because that's where my accent is from, yeah? <laughs> I'm from New York. This is how we all talk. Look at my blue penis. I've become a god. <laughs> oh, man. My father was a watchmaker. Uh. <laughs> Speaking of Star Wars, did you see the C-3PO in the parade? In this? Yeah. No. Okay. There's a C-3PO? I mean, I not a that. C-3PO, but, like, somebody in, like, a mummery outfit with, like, a C-3PO mask as no, part of it. No, that's, that's awesome. Gold. Yeah. 1981, that's between, that's between e, uh, Empire and Jedi. Yeah. yeah. Jedi was 83. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Empire yeah. was 80. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. That's rad. Yeah, this was probably filmed 1980, so Empire would probably just come out. Yeah. He's amongst the mummers. Amongst the mummers. That's yeah. a fucking horror movie. Um <laughs> Um, so Jack now can go on TV because he has the original film and he can take the audio from his like temp track film because it's the same audio, it's just a copy of it. Yeah. But it's no, it's no longer, you know, it doesn't have to be stuck to this like crappy ratty film. Right. So it, now it actually has clear photos. Right. So now it'll work. Yeah. So do you remember ar- the news guy's name? I don't remember. I didn't write I, it down. I didn't write it down either. Doesn't matter. And news I guy. Newsman. Newsman. Also around. Scoop Newsman. Around here, Let's call him Scoop Newsman. I like that. Around here is also when uh, Burke uh, sets up the cops to find the dead girl, which is what you were. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's in another uh, phone booth, and he calls, and he's like, she made me do it. I didn't want to do it. And and they're like, okay, yeah. sir, like, where is she? He's like, that that big hole where they're digging near Reading Terminal. And they're like, all right. Like, where are you? And he hangs up. Yeah. But he's like, don't believe what she says. I didn't mean she to do it. She made me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He blocks Jack's line with like a loop thing he puts because he's, you know. Yeah, and is also tapping it for like in, in his recording. Oh, yeah, he's, his ta- phone he's tapping it and recording it. Yeah. And he's also like blocking it so no outside uh, calls can come in. Yeah, it oh, just yeah. gets a busy signal. He's very good. He's very good at his job. But we, we never see him train, so he's some kind of Mary Sue. If I'm really going to ding this movie on something, it's that I kind of wish we had more with him and about him it, it seems like a really fascinating character especially for lithgow yeah and i would like more lithgow oh i mean he's kind of yes. always at the periphery I he don't... only kind of gets like one scene where I he's don't... really big right i don't know if it would necessarily help what this movie's trying to do and no, i think that I mean... was restraint on de palma's part yeah but yeah just, no i know it's so fun Yes. I think I think he and De Palma work together again. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think so. He's a great villain in anything. So Burke, uh, he calls Sally. Yes. He pretends to be Scoop Newsman. Yes. And he says, like, I've been trying to get a hold of Jack all day, but his phone's busy. And she's like, oh, yeah, that, sure. And he's like, um, so why don't you and I set up a meeting? You can give me the tape. And she's like, great. And uh, so she goes over, talks to Jack, and he's like, that's super suspicious. And he's right, but also for the wrong reasons. Because now he suspects Scoop Newsman when he should be like, something really fishy is up. Mm-hmm. So right. he's like, all right. Well, and also she's hand-waving in such a weird way where she's like, oh, reporters just get phone... Because like, he's like, how did he get your phone number? I didn't give it to him. Yeah, she's like, well, they have their ways. Which is true. Yeah. I mean, he did know all that shit about Jack. He knew that he believed this conspiracy, that he had the tape, like... Sure. Which was very suspicious. Yeah. I, like, watching this, I always think he's a plant, but then I'm like, mm-hmm. no, he's, he's not. Like... No. 
Yeah, it's just he he is a newsman. He is Scoop Newsman. You know. I'm Scoop Newsman, and I'm quite competent. Thank you. <laughs> That's his uh, sign-off on the air every night. I'm Scoop Newsman, and I'm quite competent. Thank you. This is when Burke kills again. <laughs> he's in uh, 30 Street Station. Yeah, he's sitting there, and he, he picks up on a sailor, like a classic sailor sailor. Yeah, like he's got the little, like, back flap uh, uniform And the thing. Donald Duck hat. Yeah. And yeah. she's like... Yeah. Oh, it's too bad you don't have 60 minutes and $60. And he's like, nah, I don't. I have about 20 minutes and $20. And she's like, it's a shame because if you had 40 minutes and $40, we could really have some fun. And he's like, yeah, it is a shame. And she's like, you sure you don't have like 30 minutes and $30? And he's like, yeah, I might. I might have 30 minutes and $30. And she's like, all right, well, meet me over in the phone booth in two minutes. He's like, well, it should be 28 minutes, $28, because he's a shithead. Yeah. And, um... He's also getting money off of his bros. Yeah, know? and he goes up to his friends. He's like, hey, I want to bang those girls. They give me money. They're all like, yeah. And he's trying to like rib them. He's like, yeah, you go enjoy your whatever, whatever. I'm like, shut up. Did Liberty Day this year coincide with Fleet Week? Oh, I <laughs> guess it must have. Um, mm. okay, but yeah, I, so, I don't think I've seen anybody dressed well, like that in the wild ever. So De Palma, the Untouchables, I mentioned that at the beginning. Yes. That famously has the staircase shootout scene that has a baby carriage going down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And that's a nod to the film Battleship Potemkin. Okay, yeah. And so in Battleship Potemkin, there's a similar thing with a baby carriage on some stairs or whatever. And that's a naval movie. So in Untouchables, he has a group of sailors like go up the stairs in the background. So okay. I don't know if this is in any way something like that where he put a sailor in as a nod to another scene in another movie. Like, oh. you know, maybe there's a scene in Charade where some sailors are talking yeah. to a woman. I have no idea. Like, Or maybe it's just stereotypical sailors hiring hookers. Right, right. Maybe <laughs> yeah. he's just like, yeah, yeah, that's what it is. That's what happens mm-hmm. in in train stations but so she goes over to the last uh phone booth you know in the row and lithgow goes in the first and the whole time he's playing with his watch again pulling out the fucking yeah, garage wire letting it snap back in and pulling it out let's snap back yeah in. i mean like well it's, it's when he's sitting on sound. yeah it's where he's sitting on the bench but then also in the phone booth i'm like i've heard that sound before it must yeah have, you know and i think it was earlier yeah it was, mm-hmm. it was yeah, yeah yeah out on the drive right there's a it's a great it's panned from he's on the way on like screen left in the phone booth pretending to make a phone call there's like two or three empty booths and the last one has her kneeling down. kneeling yeah. unseen because the door is like wood for like up to the waist and it's got a glass window like thing at the top then the sailor guy goes in and she starts blowing him and he's like ah, uh, uh, and yeah, it pans back yeah, to like, Lithgow and Lithgow is like straight up rolling his fucking eyes at this kid. Yeah, he drops like he was he was gonna be like pretending he was on a call and oh, then he yeah. just drops the pretension because he's like this guy is not even paying attention. Yeah, he's like no one's uh, paying he's attention. He's rattling all of the fucking you know. Yeah. And Phone then booths. starts on Lithgow, goes down to him getting a blowy, back to Lithgow, who's, like, fucking over it and starts pulling money out of his wallet, and then back to them in the phone booth. And the fucking sailor, like, loudly, loudly climaxes. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, you dare! Like, <laughs> and I was just like, holy shit, really? And then he throws, like, ten bucks at her, and she's like, where's my thirty dollars? And he's like, yeah, fuck you, whatever, I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, you blew it. Yeah, and he fucks off into the night. And uh, Lithgow starts tapping on the glass between the booths, and she looks up, and he's got a fifty held up against the glass, and he makes a, yeah, you wanna do the mouth stuff uh, motion? Yeah, yeah, he's got, like, thumb to lip. He is playing the invisible saxophone. Yeah. Um, It's, like, classy sleazy in a way that, like, I don't 
think I have a list. He doesn't do the tongue in the cheek thing. Yeah, Ew. right. Yeah. That so many schoolyard children right. have done to all of us, I'm sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he doesn't do that. It's a lot classier. And yeah. she's like, all right. And she goes, give me five minutes and holds up five fingers. And then she goes to the ladies' room and he just follows her and fucking she's in the stall. Brushing he her goes, teeth. Yeah, he goes in the next. Yeah, she pops a mint on her walk down the hallway and then gets in there and starts brushing her teeth. And then he looms over top of the booth, pulls out his garrote, puts his gloves on, you know, the whole nine, and then just fucking, like, hooks her and chokes her out while they announce, like, all trains to Chicago, where Dennis Franz's fucking accent is from. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it's a death in the 30th Street bathroom, like in Witness. It is like Witness. Yeah. And Harrison Ford's like, get off my plane. <laughs> John Lithgow's that's like, it's a different movie! <laughs> but yeah, so Sally's going to show up to meet with Burke, who she thinks is a reporter, yeah. to give him the tapes, and... Uh, and Jack's going to wire her again, like, in his backstory, but, like, it's such, you know, dramatic irony. But yeah, he, he would recognize instantly that Burke isn't Scoop Newsman, because they met face-to-face. Yeah, so he would met- know something's up, but instead of, like, just accompanying her to the meeting... He's like, what? And he called me back. I, it's so weird. I, you know what? I'll just wire you. And it's and he's like, I'm going to take every precaution. And like, yeah, the whole thing is, this whole third act is all drenched in dramatic irony. And like, well, also not to mention so that like, because of it. he talked to Scoop Newsman, but he's listening to Burke on the wire and doesn't notice there's oh, anything oh, wrong yeah, yeah, until yeah. he's like, let's go somewhere else. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, this is weird. They don't talk anything alike. The cadence is very different. Oh, yeah, Scoop Newsman has, like, news voice. Hello, I'm Scoop Newsman, and welcome to the news. Like, and I'm very competent, thank you. Like, that's the way he talks, and John Lithgow talks like fucking John Lithgow. Yeah. It's very different. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right, he should notice that. He's got fucking bad ears. Yeah. Yeah. Admittedly, Burke is fairly quickly like, hey, we might have a problem, we're gonna need to walk this way now. I feel like, yeah, the instant he opened his mouth, Jack should have been like, fuck and gone yeah, that's not burke yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you're right uh, absolutely and that, that would actually yeah. make this sequence a little more tense because it's kind of just seems like he's trying to stay close close but not like i think something's up necessarily right you know if he was like yeah that's not scoop newsman then you'd be like oh shit he has to get there and then when burke says like oh we should keep moving then it's like oh fuck he doesn't even know that he's coming but he's already like you know moving mm-hmm. away and like yeah yeah i mean it's still a very tense sequence but that would add more immediacy to it because yeah. he would have more of Agency. an understanding would, yeah. of what was happening yeah yeah they would yeah. have clear goals Right. They would, yeah. yeah, he would have yeah. a clear goal as opposed to they both kind of have like lukewarm goals. And honestly, lukewarm if he goals. had taken those 10 more seconds, like she was saying, to just realize, hey, it's this. Yeah. It really comes it's, down to those 10 seconds at yeah. the end. Yeah. Uh, so he's trying to listen for clues on her wire. Um, Burke takes her like down to the subway, end of the platform. He's going to kill her there, but there's a guy like, you know, spraying the, like hosing down the, the platform or whatever and she thinks she's just having like a pleasant conversation with scoop newsman so like she's like yeah you know i wouldn't even come down to the subway because it's so it's so creepy down here and whatever and she's like look look at that character over there i'm like the guy doing his job hosing down the fucking train and she's like yeah it's very spooky down here and then she's like, oh, the train's coming. And she says what the train is, but you can't hear it over the squeaking of the, like, the, you know, the oh, yeah, whine the of the train. Wheels, yeah. So, like, she can hear her be like, nah, 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 but you can't actually hear what she says. And, and Travolta's like, what? What train is it? Like, it's, it's good. It's really tense. Yeah. But, and then also this is a wire that she's wearing. So, like, she can't hear him. Yeah, no, so she can't just, hear him. 
It's just him talking out loud, like, let me know where you are. Yeah, he's like, come on, you know? say something, yeah. like, whatever. And then eventually she's like, oh, whatever, Bridge Express. Yeah. And he's like, oh, and he, like, Franklin hops the turnstile, which also yes. pretty Philly, yeah. and goes down, and, but he just misses the trolley, and he's, like, yelling at her. And she doesn't hear him. No, no, no. And so he goes back up to his Jeep. Yeah, gets in his Jeep and starts fucking, like, racing along the way, you know, the path of the trolley. And this is... They cut out a lot, man, because he goes from 30th Street Station to City Hall, which is, like, 15 fucking blocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yes, and he he drives up Broad Street and then straight through fucking City Hall. yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He drives through Dilworth Park and a police blockade, and they're, like, yelling at him and stuff. It's, to be honest, the most insane shit I think I've ever seen in a movie. It's so crazy. loved it. Yeah, so for Liberty Day, they have a Mummers Parade. And so anybody not savvy, the Mummers are a Philadelphia local performance genre that only exists in philadelphia yeah um they're string bands they march they have elaborate costumes it's very um there's actually a whole hierarchy depending on your costumes and your level grand wizard at the top (laughs) the costumes and the musicianship and so you can like look that up online oh yeah it's 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 really interesting yeah because i mean like you have your fancies which are like very highly decorated costumes and your string bands which specialize in music but not every troupe specializes in music no some just come out and do elaborate dance routines to music some come out and play music live yeah they do like mashups and covers and weird things and they i mean it's great honestly it's great except for within it as a structure and as an organization there is apparently rampant racism and i'm sure sexism as well and that sucks i don't know personally because i am not a mummer um mummers is a big thing on new year's day yeah exactly and honestly yeah it's mostly just new year's day that's the big one they they have other parades they They perform on other things and whatever but they the big one is new year's day that's when they build the floats and make all the uh, choreography it's a full fucking big deal and it goes Around City Hall, Broad Street, like the whole nine. And then they all get wicked drunk yep. and... They all get wasted and wander the city like like spangly nomads. Predominantly on 2nd Street, which is called 2 Street for the day on New Year's Day. I mean, some people call 2 Street all the time. That is incorrect. Right. I think, like, we get rid of the we get rid of the, the chaff and you've got the wheat. You know, you get rid of all the stuff that sucks about the Mummers, and then you just have a really awesome organization of really fancy people in crazy Elton John, David Bowie costumes, fucking plucking at a bunch of banjos and fucking rocking out to popular covers of uh, pop music. Yeah. The excellent organization. That's what I want. I would like, as a Philadelphian, to be proud, to be able to be proud of the Mummers. But it's hard to do because so many of them suck. (laughs) Like, it's, it's rough. But, like, there's a thing there that could be very good if it got the right mm-hmm. handling. So that's my that's my little thing about the Mummers. So there's a Mummers parade in this. So and they get mowed down. Yeah. yeah. There's a Mummers John Travolta parade, almost which, kills again, half the Mummers. Well, also, again, <laughs> like, Jeep. If, if we're talking about when the Mummers tend to come out, we are talking about it being, like, the winter season. But, yeah. But also. Because, dude, it's got to be torture to be in that thing in any kind of heat. All these big, elaborate, yeah. Yeah, they have yeah, they have lot. absolutely insane costumes, man. Like feathers. Yeah, yeah. The, Elton John. Again, it's all it's again, crazy Elton John again. stage show shit. It's yeah. Vegas stage show like level yeah. of shit. Yeah, the fancies look like they have actual fucking peacock outfits. Yeah, they have giant yeah. feathered backs on their costumes yeah. and their oh my yeah. god. Yeah, and they're and they're half of them are walking around with goddamn instruments like yeah. 
But yeah, so he he drives through City Hall. He's it's gonna, like a really fancy marching band. He's going to go up market, and uh, there is a Mummer's Parade with a C-3PO. Yeah, I, I, I got to look for this. I'll, I'll, right. I'll post a picture of the C-3PO. Oh, yeah, absolutely. On uh, the social media absolutely. for this. Gets out he, of control. He nearly kills so many people. Yeah. He's also not hitting his horn at all. I pointed this out while we were watching. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like, if you're going to drive into a crowd, like you got to lay on that horn pretty early to let people know you're coming. Right. It's it's amazing he doesn't hit a bunch of like cops and bystanders and mummers who are Although relatively a innocent. Police horse does fall over. A police horse does fall, but that's because they try to chase him across city halls, I tiles know. and shit, marble. I know, but also like, like you, well, yeah, you were like, no, I yeah, can, yeah. It, I don't like I don't like watching animals fall down. Horses fall down. That's dangerous for horses. Yeah. Like a dog can fall down. Yeah. They're fine. They get yeah. up. They're resilient. But horses, they break their legs, and you got to shoot them. I mean, you don't have to. But it's a bummer. And I was like, no, don't take the horse on the fucking marble. Horses aren't built for marble. That's not what the horseshoes do. You idiot. Stupid horse cop. Part horse. Part cop. All cop. Horse Horse cops. Coming to CBS this fall. Probably. Maybe. With Ray Romano as the chief. Ah, come on. Get out there. Stop the crimes. And the ghost of... And Mr. Ed, voiced by Baby Yoda. Um... That's just pandering. <laughs> also, those motherfuckers have Disney Plus. They're not watching CBS. And those fuckers watching CBS don't have Disney Plus. Coming to CBS Plus. Very true. This fall. <laughs> hey, sign up. <laughs> I'm Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda doesn't talk. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was wondering how long you're, because you're so nitpicky. I was wondering how long you're going to point out that that's not a thing. Baby Yoda talk. Thanks. So... Fucking Travolta crashes his Jeep into a window display that says Liberty or Death. Yeah, it's, and it's one where of the, the mannequins, Macy's is now. And one of the mannequins gets hanged. Yeah. yeah. Like it's standing on a table or something with a noose like draped around its neck. And yeah. then he knocks the table away so it just fucking hangs. Yeah. And I was like, this is a chilling portent of things to come. Yep. And it is. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of uh, pre-garroting in this. Because there's the, him talking about the wire going wrong. Yeah. And then the pre-murders. Yeah, there's a lot of hanging. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of throat stuff. Yeah. yeah. He's like unconscious, concussed. Yeah, yeah. People are super helpful considering he was plowing through a yeah, parade. Yeah, considering his car went out yeah. of control <laughs> through a parade, they were like, somebody get an ambulance. The most not Philly thing. It really film. was. Yeah. Also, yeah. I was like, how many Philadelphians does it take to break into a Jeep? It's not this many. Yeah. It's I f- two. I feel like we tipped a car because we won the pennant. Yeah. Or whatever. So, yeah. like, we'd tip this car. Yeah, here's here's how... This is exactly how many people it takes to break into a Jeep in Philadelphia. Yo, keep an eye out. That's it. That's how many. It's one guy to say, yo, oh, yeah. keep an eye out and break into a Jeep, and the other guy to keep an eye out. Well, also, he's... this dude's window is down the entire Yeah, time. his window's down. They're trying to open the door, and they're having trouble, and I'm like, you guys, you're bad. <laughs> um, so, what, well, he's Well, I mean, if the mummers are out, then maybe half of them are drunk. That's true. Maybe everybody's really, really wasted. Yeah. <laughs> Because Liberty Day! Yeah, Liberty Day. I fucking love his country. America. Yo, let's get soft pretzels. Jack wakes up in the back of an ambulance and, uh... Yeah, because he's, like, severely concussed. Yeah, yeah, he's been knocked out for a little bit. It's now night. And he makes his way to Penn's Landing. Yeah, well, he puts his earpiece back in and stuff and hears that uh, Sally's in trouble. And he makes his way to Penn's Landing, which is, you know, he knew where they were going and all that. Burke leads her up behind all the celebrators, like, behind a gated-off part. Jack has arrived there... And it's just a crowd of people watching fireworks. There's bands playing. There's, like, all this crazy shit. He hears her struggling. She manages to get away from Burke enough to, like, 
go to the edge of this platform that she's on. It's like, you know, the second yeah. level of a thing. It, yeah, it, there's she, weird architecture down there. Yeah. And she leans over a railing. And, yeah. and like, the entire time that she's struggling, she's like, Jack, Jack help. please because help. she knows Jack. that, She knows know. he can hear her. Yeah. And he's trying. He's yeah. trying to get there. He's looking for her. And then he sees her, like, waving her arms and screaming. And she lets out yeah. this, like, big scream. Burke grabs her and pulls her, you know, and, and he makes his way up and... Burke is like poised over her with the ice pick behind this giant American flag. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, yeah. it's just a beautiful scene. It is. Really. Great shot. I was like, this is a really great shot. Yeah. This giant uh, projected American flag thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, cause that's like your, your centerpiece of Liberty your climax. Yeah. And like this, well, no, but I mean like of the movie oh, of the sequence, climax yeah. is that like, yeah, like this is where, the impact is and so it's yeah just yeah. her and the flag and you know all this Fireworks, chaos going red on and blue lights flashing yeah. you know like strobing in the yeah. sky and, yeah yeah and he runs up there and, and burke is poised over her holding the ice pick up like psycho yeah and uh he, he tackles burke like grabs him and starts stabbing him with the ice pick yeah like from behind burke just like forcing him to stab himself yeah and, uh, why are you stabbing yourself, Burke? Why are you stabbing yeah, yourself? Why are you stabbing yourself, Burke? Yeah. yeah. And he, you know, kills Burke and then looks down and Sally's already been strangled. Garroted. Yeah. yeah. He was just going to stab the pattern into her. It wasn't to kill her. Uh, and it's like awful. Yeah. And then he picks her and up. It, it takes a while, man, because it's just slowly kind of like him with the strobing lights, like realizing that she is dead. Yeah. And, and he was late, too late again. Yeah. And just him in slow motion, like, bending down and cr- to cradle her. Yeah, he, like, cradles Completely. her body, and then the shot is Defeated. rotating around them with the fireworks going off in the sky. Like, soup. it's green screen, but, like, it's so gorgeous. Yeah. It's incredible. It's literally nothing I've ever seen in any other film. Like, nobody does that. Yeah. No. That is Yeah, cuz it's it's not real. It's obviously yeah. it's obviously not a real image that you could really capture that way, but like it's so affecting. It yeah. almost wraps you completely up in the sky as if you were Yeah. in this scene with him. Yeah, yeah. it's it's incredible. It's such an impactful image. Yeah. I don't get why more people don't like talk about this movie. Um, it's not like nobody talks about it, but it's just like it's such a it, it's so well put together. Yeah, and there's some there's some footage in it, some you know images that are ju- they just really work. Yeah. It's the exact scene that Allison had brought up to me that yeah. made us end up doing this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And as we were watching it, I even was like, yeah, this was extremely impactful, and I completely understand yeah. what you meant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds dumb until you have taken that journey and get to that point and go. Oh fuck! Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. it's absolutely oh, it's devastating. Yeah, it is. what a horrible um, thing to happen on Liberty Day. <laughs> no, our sacred day. <laughs> our sacred day. We should celebrate Liberty Day. They Let's a... celebrate Liberty Day every year on the whatever the date that Blowout was released. Yeah, it came out uh, July twenty fourth, nineteen eighty one. Right on. Um, so so this will drop about five days uh, after that. So belated happy. Liberty Day to you all. Happy Liberty Day. Have to say, Liberty Day was a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ice. <laughs> Don't thank me. I'm not him. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, then we have the thing. You you mentioned this earlier, alluded to this earlier, that 
this extra shot, this extra scene we don't need of it's Jack listening back to um, the conversation he had with Sally where they were planning to go to New York and go to shows and do all this stuff. And, and it's super fucking sad. And he's sitting on a bench um, by Pen- uh, on Penn's Landing. Yeah, like in the I snow, th- though. I think, unless that was yeah. a school kill. No, I think it's, I think it's okay. Penn's Landing still, It might but- be. It, but it's, you know, in the snow, and, like, I understand that Liberty Day was, you know, in the, the autumn. Like, that's been Possibly, obvious the yeah. whole time. I mean, no, mm-hmm. there's fall leaves. Like, it's, it's clearly cold. Everybody's wearing winter stuff. There's, but anyway, but I, I just, there's no snow in any of the scenes or whatever. So for him to be out there and it's, like, kind of foggy and snowy and whatever, it just looks like it's, like, and months later, which throws the whole thing off. Yeah, mm-hmm. agree. But it also, does. the scene doesn't need to be there. It's Yeah, it's sad, and it drives home how sad it is, but I don't know. It just yeah, doesn't we're going, need to be we're there. We're going from a very impactful scene to a very impactful scene, and we have this little bridge that doesn't really feel necessary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the final, yeah, the final, final scene is... Um, they're back in the studio and they're working on co-ed frenzy and Jack finally has a scream and it's Sally's actual scream for when she was being murdered, which is like so fucked up and deeply upsetting and it's it's great. I mean, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, like, I don't remember where I cried the first time I watched this movie, but like, I definitely was starting to like tear up just watching like John Travolta, like sitting there, like well, yeah. a little shell shocked looking. Yeah, the well, director says like, oh, it's a great scream. And he's like, yeah, it's a good scream. It's a good scream. And he just keeps saying it's a good scream. It's a good scream, like over and over. And it's just a shot of him. And like, he's has this completely wet face. Yeah. He's been no. like crying or yeah. And he just starts covering his ears cause he can't listen to it anymore. Cause the director just keeps playing it back cause it's such a good scream and like, it's so fucked. You know, that's a thing kind of that they do in movies with stunt people when somebody is injured or, or God forbid dies while making, you know, doing a stunt, unless it's completely unusable for some reason, that's usually the take they use just as a sign of respect. That's my understanding. Um, yeah. So that's like, kind of a tribute to Sally even though yeah. it's like some shitty B movie. That... Right, even though she had no you know, no no knowledge of it at all or whatever. Like it it he knows that a part of her is like still lives on, that kind of thing. Which is like sad and kind of beautiful and really fucked up. And yeah, it's a really, really sad note to end the movie on. Yeah. I mean apparently like while being critically lauded, this movie did not do very well in the box office and some people speculate it was because of the downer ending. Um, which I mean, like I get it, but uh, I, I, I really enjoy it. I feel like there's room for sad movies and I feel like it would be shitty for this to be a happy ending, you know? I yeah. Know. And I mean, also like there's like he there's... gets there in time and he kills Burke and then yeah. he's like, come on, Sally, we're going to go get Liberty day hot dogs. And then yeah. they get hot dogs and then the band plays. Okay. Right. All, All right. 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 Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. And they dance to the Mario Brothers music. Yeah. Bump, bump, yeah. Bump, no, bump, it seems bump, like bump. an opportunity this missed is... at that point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this it's, is it's... just a further. <laughs> they disco dance to Staying Alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with all the fancies. Yeah, all the fancies. All the... Down there. It's a string band version of Staying Alive. Oh, that would be so yeah. good. Uh... I'm sure yeah, they've done would. that. I'm oh, sure yeah. they've done that. In the happy ending, he saves her. They have a Liberty Day hot yeah. dog. And then uh, the fancies all show up and they're like, we've given up our racist and misogynist ways. And then everybody hugs. And they're like, we're an inclusive society. Welcome. Welcome anyone of any 
uh, race or creed or color to the mummers. Yeah, and to the they, city of Mother Love. And they play smoke on the water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Banjo's like, blink, 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 blink. Yeah. And then it just pans up credits. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like... Yeah. A Brian De Palma film, and then there's more fireworks. <laughs> Isn't that the I mean, ending we all really want? I mean, <laughs> would I hate it? No. But is it better than this? Maybe. <laughs> this is no, a very. This I mean, is a very good. I, I like a good. Well, I like. Also, I like. I like art that makes me feel something. Yeah, and yeah. the the implication is that none of this was uncovered. Like yeah. all of Jack's uh, efforts have been for naught. The girl that he's like, kind of falling for is dead. Yeah. There's, and there's no. Yeah. There's no proof there was a conspiracy. The conspiracy yeah. kind of doesn't matter anymore. Jack's uh-huh. only real interest in the conspiracy was getting he and her out of it safely. Yeah. yeah. And now, I mean, like, he's okay, but she's dead. The conspiracy wrapped itself up. And so I feel like he no longer he is interested have, in that. Yeah, yeah he doesn't and, have anything to worry about. And none of the guilty parties... He kind parties... of just went back to his job. Yeah, yeah. he's not on the yeah. radar of anybody. Yeah. And so it's not like he has anything to worry about, yeah. And none of the guilty parties are punished. No. The only one would be, like, the bag man uh, of John Lithgow, like, yeah. doing all the dirty work and... and being the fixer yeah doing the mm-hmm. wet work yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and i mean like the implication there you know i mean it's not even implication but like it's stated that he wasn't supposed to do that he kind of took it on himself you know to do this because he thought it would be the best thing for the operation or whatever and like it worked out for these yeah. fuckers so <laughs> like i mean he's you know on a sliding scale of evil he's the worst one like well. the people that just wanted the the senator taken out through a sex scandal that's not that bad. Right. You know, like, they, right. they didn't want him killed. They yeah. just wanted him removed Yeah, there are no the fatherless children in that scenario. Right. Yeah. So they're not even that bad. Like, there's not, they're not the big bad. He's the worst one because he was like, well, I'll just kill him. Like, right. it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just shoot the tire out and whatever happens, happens. Like, right. So it's not the worst possible ending because somebody who deserves come up and got it but at the same right. time but at the same time it is it does feel anticlimactic because you want someone to be held accountable but also it feels um destined and deserved because he was looking for that perfect scream and he fucking got it yeah it's a bummer man almost yeah like you're no longer concerned with the crimes that have happened and things like that you're like ah what yeah. he just goes back to his job but co-ed like, frenzy's wow. gonna fucking rock he got that screen. Yeah. That's what I love about this movie. And, like, I really like this movie. I really love it. Um, I think it's it, it's up there among my favorite movies because of all that stuff. Like, it's morally so gray. And, and it's ironic because, like, he went out looking for yeah. wild sound and he found all of it. Yeah, in yeah. that yeah. one fell yeah, no. swoop. Like, yeah. it's, it's that, like, wrong place at the wrong time thing that yeah. is in so much noir. Like... That's so much of film noir and, and noir storytelling and, and short stories and things and is just like yeah, somebody mean, who just happens to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like yeah. also it does it with a lot of the without a lot of the noir affectation. It has a lot of like the lighting, but that's about sure. it. Sure. It has yeah. it has character. Yeah, it has but intrigue, it do- yeah, it doesn't like, have narration. Yeah, it doesn't have yeah, rain the whole time. Right, there's, no, right. There's no hard-boiled so... street smart guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bloom, yeah, yeah. He's an ex-cop, but barely like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. No, it doesn't have a lot of the the trapping. It's it's really smartly written. It's creative, working within like a familiar but still interesting framework. Like, yeah. sound man is not a, a profession depicted on screen often, but no. like 
once you're established to it in this, like once you're familiar with it, quick, which is pretty quickly, it's just like, okay, sure, I get it. I get what that job is. Yeah. You don't I need to it's... constantly be reminded what it is or what he does. Like, yeah, I think it's a super interesting uh, angle that they went with is that it's not something that's done often at all. Yeah. yeah. And it's also not, like, a, a thing that you think about. Like, he explained to her, like, oh, yeah, you go to see a movie and there's, all like... The birds chirping, yeah, all the whatever, that's all, me. Yeah, a door slams and stuff. That's what I do. And it's like, all right, yeah. Like, yeah. her and we all get it. Yeah. And it's interesting, and but it's simple. Yeah, I yeah. mean, as somebody that, like, I, you know, I love movies. Like, after watching this, I'm, like, super aware of, you know... Oh, ...sound yeah. design and, and films now and stuff, yeah. Is there any last, like, specific moments? Anything we didn't talk about you wanted to specifically yeah, talk about? Yeah, I missed a thing. Okay. So, I'm going to take you back to 30th Street Station. Doodly-doo. Doodly-doo. Yeah. Doodly-doo. Doodly-doo. <laughs> the hooker is in the bathroom brushing her teeth. Sure. And John Lithgow is in the next stall. Looming. Looming over her. And he pulls out his garup. And I had a note where it was like, if this was a different type of movie, he would go, don't forget to floss. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget to floss! And he yeah, would, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot to say that at the appropriate moment, so there's that. No, it's good. Yeah. That's important. Yeah. So, let's vote, because we've, we, we've done it. We've done it. We have done it. I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll start. Um, I think it's pretty obvious. This is a great watch for me. I, I love this movie. This is like this is like a five-star movie, five out of five stars for me. Um, it's not perfect. Don't start bringing stars into this. No, no, I'm just uh, I'm using that as like to explain like it's not a perfect movie, but I couldn't like it anymore. There's no changes you could make to it that would make me like it more. Even though it is, it does have things in it that are like oh I wish there was more John Lithgow and like characters reiterating the plot points to each other thing feels a little tedious on like a first watch, but rewatching it, it you know it, the scenes are doing other things as well, and I think it's really. It's. It, it, I don't think it could be a better movie. I think it's perfect for what it is. Yeah. And I. I think it's really great. I. 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 I'm a sucker for De Palma. That's like maybe an unpopular opinion. I. I really. I like. I think everything I've seen that he's done. I think he's like fascinating as a director because of how just openly he is not. St- I don't want to say stealing like it's a bad thing, but like that's what you do. Like I. I. I'm a. I'm an no, artist of, of a kind. I steal. You know, I'm a musician. I'm like, oh, I steal this, like, oh, they did this chord progression or, like, whatever, or this kind of thing or this kind of, you know, the style of playing music or whatever, whatever. Like, you, you copy things because they resonate with you and make them your own. And that's what that's what De Palma does, you know. He, and I, 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 I really, it really resonates with me. I really like him. And I think this is a great one. Yeah. And also, no. I'm a sucker for Philadelphia stuff. And no. this is really Philadelphia in a good way. He's a student of Hitchcock, yeah. but he is very honest about that, and he does it more fervently and more openly than anybody else does. But yes, um, so Blowout is, a, is an absolute great watch for me. I could yeah. not recommend it yeah. stronger. Also, great watch. I think I talked about, like, you know, I'd cut that one scene in the snow. You don't need that. But otherwise, like... Pretty tight really wouldn't change anything. Yeah, like, no. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, good call. Yeah. Yeah. 
right, Gabby, this is your first time seeing it. Uh, how do you feel? No pressure. It... You can totally disagree with us. You can, you can no. literally shout fuck you in both our faces. <laughs> yeah. That's what this is for. This is a, a podcast for discussion. Fuck you. No. Um, I definitely would vote a great watch. I realize, you know, you made some points about, like, oh, if it had been my first time watching it, there's some things I would have questioned. Like, Allison said I would have definitely cut the scene in the snow. Sure, yeah. Um, there was a couple things that I was like, this is a little, like, dramatic. But, like, if I had watched it a second time, like, I completely understand the drama. There's also different things that I feel like I'd pick up on. Sure. Like, it not being my first time watching it, and I'd understand, like, oh, I didn't notice this first time. Like, it's definitely that type of film where I'm like, like we said, listening to that gunshot and blowout, like, yeah. I feel like I'd pick up on different things throughout the movie that kind of happened that I didn't realize the first time. Sure. And it would make it a better movie every time that I watched it. So what was, uh, like, what were some favorite things that you really enjoyed from this? Um... There's a couple things. Um, I really, really enjoyed the pan out at Penn's Landing where she was screaming and there was just this gigantic American flag yeah. and it was just like, no one hears her. Yeah. Just he's the only one who sees her. Yeah. Like, and it was very well done. Like, yeah, I, I really like that. Yeah. It was like, this is, it made it seem real. Yeah. And the emotion seemed raw and real at that moment. Yeah. And it was really, it was well done. Good call. Yeah. Also, it's creepy, man. Alone in a crowd. Yeah. It you really know? is. That, that in itself is a very, like, Hitchcock thing. Yeah. To be able to, be, like, to make your characters feel alone in a huge crowd. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's very like that. That's oh. a, that's the kind of thing that would like get Hitchcock's dick hard. Like, <laughs> like yes, I'm going to do that. Like, yes. he is tenting in his grave. Yeah, I mean, like he was—he's great. He's a great filmmaker. But like, that was the kind of—that's the kind of idea that he'd be like, "Oh, I, I focused on this concept alone in a crowd. What a what an interesting phrase." And he would make. I love like I grew up watching reruns of like Alfred Hitchcock Presents, which was like short stories, like sure. they're yeah. always like yeah, murder yeah. mystery thing. And, like, you know, he did intros to those episodes and stuff, and he would do brief intros to the, to the you know, piece, and, like, that was the kind of thing that, that would definitely be made into a Hitchcock Presents, like, what is it like to be alone in a crowd? You know, like, that kind of thing. Pen's yeah. Landing. Yeah, Pen's On landing. Liberty Day. Happy Liberty Day. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I love that stuff. That's my awful Hitchcock impression because I don't know what he. Hello. I know the music. Don't get sued. I don't think I can be sued. But I thought it was also really kind of cool to see a film from a sound man aspect. I feel like that's not done often or ever. I can't think of another movie or anything really that has a sound man as a main character. Like a book or any fucking thing. Yeah, so I mean, maybe kinda... I'm misremembering. Like, yeah, I mean, if anybody listening is like, oh, yeah, well, you're not thinking of this movie or this book, or write in. Yeah. Let us know. I'd be interested in hearing it. Nothing's coming to me immediately. But, yeah. Yeah. It's really unique. Yeah. And it's I right think there. It makes for a great story. Yeah. yeah it does, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. What's your John Travolta history like? <laughs> so I've seen him in. What okay? Right this now. aside, this out of the out of the discussion. What is your favorite John Travolta performance? In anything, it can also it's, be your least favorite. If it's you've a only thousand seen one percent thing. about to be hairspray because I love hairspray. Hell yeah. oh, <laughs> like, that's, I love yeah. hairspray. He's great in that. He yeah. is. I was it's like, so crazy. Um, 
I feel like I've seen. I never him in would other have expected films. that from him. We just we watched him not that long ago in the Fanatic, which as as a movie makes no sense. Oh yeah, the Fanatic was not. It's a movie, I was not a fan of it. It's a Fred Durst movie. Oh, okay. Fred Durst directed okay. it. Fred Durst. But like, <laughs> from Limp Bizkit. Yeah. yeah. The, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Fred the other Durst. Fred Durst. <laughs> the, the mustard, uh, of the mustard Dursts. Right. They co-invented uh, yeah. sure. uh, horseradish mustard. Um, no, oh, I uh, thought you were going to say mayo chip. Mayo chip. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Fred Durst would 100% have invented mayo chip. I was going to say, I'm always going to love John Travolta in Face Off. Is that your favorite <laughs> Travolta? Uh, I don't know if I can say that it's Blanket, my favorite Travolta, but it's one of them. Yeah. If my favorite uh. is not Face Off, my favorite then must, by default, be Broken Arrow. Oh, fuck, I forgot about Broken Arrow. Broken Arrow's Would so good. Would you mind not shooting at the thermonuclear weapons? Oh, my like, God. <laughs> He's Dude. just fucking tearing through scenery in that movie. We're talking about we got all, all right, all right, all right. Uh, everybody listening, you're also all invited. Come over, fucking hang out, bring some booze, bring some pizza. Bring some we'll watch some fucking dumb action movies and have a good time. Happy Liberty Day. Thank you for listening. If you want to follow us on social media, you can do so at HWGW Podcast on Twitter and Instagram or... Write Hate Watch Great Watch. That's W R I T E H W G W at gmail dot com. You want to email us and, and send us. I, I asked you for a bunch of information and shit in this. Do that. Email us. Start a conversation. Let's have a conversation. Fucking whatever. If we actually get enough emails, we'll do like a mail episode where we answer emails on the air and we can answer questions and whatever and whatever and whatever. And yeah, uh, we're available every other Wednesday. That's every other, other Wednesday. Wednesday. On moviejohn.com and anywhere you find podcasts, and that's great. Uh, Gabby, anything you'd like to plug? Would you like people to follow you on social media, or would you like to direct anyone in any particular direction? You can say no, it's fine. No, <laughs> I'm like... Dope, dope times. Well, thanks for coming. You're welcome, thank you for having me. Give your worst I'm getting stabbed in the shower scream as we go out. Ready? Ah! <laughs> you gotta, you gotta... Until I have moment. to really like. Ah! I'm getting ah! in the shower. I'd be blood curdling. Just, just, ah! just. Ah! Ah! Uh, I have a cold. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Thanks for listening. Bye. came out like four years after this and has oh, a yeah? ton yeah it was 85 yeah um and it's got a ton of you know 30th street station yeah. that as well yeah it's philly but only at the periphery because of 30th street and a couple other locations but right. like it's mostly amish country yeah that's harrison ford like chewy we're gonna build a barn oh i wish <laughs> that that I Amish. wish Chewbacca would build a barn. <laughs> and that Amish woman's like, I love you. And he's like, I know. And then it gets frozen in freshly churned butter. <laughs> Gross. It's Amish Star Wars. <laughs> oh my God. Somebody needs to make a graphic for this, please. Uh, yeah, any listeners, please. If you want to illustrate any of the dumb shit I ever say, please do. I can't. I'm not that talented. I'm just funny.